You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The Friday before the storm. Big Sills! It's over. Really pretty much all the debating's over. All the thought process of what may happen. All 32 teams are pretty much married to what they have right now in front of them when it comes to their rosters. Okay? Oh, we got to get through tonight. And if you're a good team, though, you're looking for one or two players. I'm going to get to last night's unwatchable football game between the Colts and the Eagles here in a second. But the thing was unwatchable last night. You know, it's funny. They, Tone and everybody had me wanting to do the postgame show. Big Joe Krause wants me to do the post. I'm like, please, God, don't call a timeout. This was 10 minutes left in the game. I'm going, oh, my God, you're calling timeouts. Why are you throwing the ball? Please, God. Big Sills wants a cocktail. I'm like, this is terrible. But with all that being said, I know some of you are going to do this. Sills is doing this because he's trying to get on the good side of Eagle fans. No. I have a message for Anthony Richardson, and it's personal. You see, last night, doing the eagle flybird last night, um, kid, so you were a star last night against XFL guys? Typical for a low-life gator, right, Howie? <laughs> Typical low-life gator. The arrogant Florida Gators. Right there, that was a great example of it. That's why I hate them. Everything about them, their colors, their city, their town, their players, their coach, their history, their lineage. There's nothing in Gainesville I like except the alligator farm. That's it. Howie! Howie! 
seriously, man, maybe this is why I got an ass with Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, is because I know deep down he's got that, you know, that gator blood in him. And it makes my cane blood boil, man. I'm just saying. Just telling you, dude. A gator blood, man. You see that last night? In front of, in front of uh, Eagle fans, he's doing that. I was like, dude, so you beat up on the XFL guys. Congratulations to you. You know, the USFL and The Rock, they were at the game last night looking for potential players like Trey Sermon so that they could go play in that league next year. And Anthony Richardson's out there being a tool. Well, it's typical because he's a Florida Gator. What a joke, man. Honestly, hey, you're lucky you're not at the vet. Most people from the 700 section that came down and kicked your ass. I'm actually shocked nobody jumped out of the stands and beat him up. I mean, dude, you know what? I am, I may have been the guy in the um, alleyway to throw a beer on a guy like that. I'm sorry. I'm just, I can't, hey, just trust me. When I'm at a game, you should see me at my daughter's game. I get asked to leave sometimes by my wife. Don't get me thrown out of here. I'm a coach. Hey, ref, I got a hundred bucks in my pocket. You want to keep it fair? I'll give it to you. My, my wife's like, please stop. Please. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why either. Honest to God, I never act like that before. Unless I'm like, what are you looking at? Hey, guy, at least keep it fair. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Anthony Richardson. That's typical, though. That's what Gator guys do. They're arrogant and stupid. They don't know any better. They can't help themselves. <laughs> they can't help themselves. All right. So I'm going to say this to you before we get going. Olama de Sikias. I am sick and tired of hearing this. Well, I want to keep Quesar because of speed. I'm done with that speed shit. That's not good enough to keep you in that number three hole. Sorry, I'm done with that. That's just an excuse for him not being good. I don't give a shit if he's fast. He's not good. Put the kid in there from Atlanta. Put him in there. I'm tired of this talk. Every freaking show. Well, the only reason is there because he blows the top. Stop that. That is not good enough. He's not tough. He's a marshmallow. He doesn't go for jump footballs. He's not talented enough to be there. Stop. He doesn't have talent. He's decent. The NFL doesn't stand for the DFL, the decent football league. He's decent. I am sick of that guy. Done with him. Well, he's fast, Dan. So what? He's not good enough. Every time we have a conversation, it's always the go-to. Well, he's, you know, he's really fast. So what? If I had to count on that guy to make a critical catch, he won't. If I had to count on a guy to make a absolute big play, he won't. If he had to fight for a jump ball, he won't. 
I'm done with it. Stop. Eagle fans, you're going soft on me. You're going soft. Well, he's fast. So what? He's not good enough. Jesus, criminy. He is not good enough. And get this, you have a better option on the team. What you know, Quez is really fast. You've been t- you've been telling me that for 3 years. I'm sick of that conversation. I'm totally sick of it. Aren't you? It's like waiting on Derek Barnett's ass. God. You know why he's there? Because how he drafted him. Derek Barnett's in the building because how he drafted him. Come on, man. It's about winning football games, not giving out library cards. Jesus, criminy. There's 53 chairs in that Eagle locker room. Make every one of them earn it. Don't give these chairs out because you want to anoint somebody because he's fast. He's a great up from Jalen Rager. Come on. Okay? Man. All you sit there and do is give this guy hall passes. Well, he's fast. So what? I'm done with that. That's not, hey, him being fast is not good enough to be on my starting 22. That's not good enough. I want to have a guy I can rely on. By the way, I revised my starting 22. We're going to do it again because I put some changes in there. Bear from Philly. Barnett's a liability because I can't trust him. Totally. Totally. Eagles are going to trust him, though. We'll get to that here in a minute. Here's some of my takeaways from last night. Completely unwatchable football game. It was like a scrum. So you really don't take anything out of this except a couple takeaways. That was the Trey Sermon tryout. They gave him every opportunity last night to stay on the football team and validate him being on the active roster last year every single game, and he failed. That guy is not good enough to be on your football team. Now, would they put him on the practice squad and delegate him there? Maybe. And if someone signs him, they sign him. But in my opinion, he didn't do anything last night to validate one of the 53 roster spots. He did nothing to validate that. And they wanted him to make the team. Look at all the reps they gave him and the chances – In the last two games that he's played, he's been terrible. He's terrible. He's not good enough from what I've seen and what he put on tape. He's not good enough for me to even sign off a practice squad. He's not good enough. Now, 
if we're talking special teams and putting him on a kickoff team and stuff like that, that's a whole different conversation. If you think he can be a viable guy and you like him and he's a good teammate, coaches will make addendums to that. Well, I use him on special teams. And he's an emergency running back. Okay, as long as that salary is in line, I'm all right with that. Because you do need talented people. Shit, why haven't they tried him out? If they love him so much, why isn't he a punt or kick returner? You need help there. you got a sorry-ass special teams. It's sorry. The whole unit, you've done nothing in two and a half years to better that unit. It's still the worst. You put no money into those special teams. And it, it will rear its head again. It'll cost you. So at the end of the day, I do this to you. Okay. You know, Trey Sermon had a chance last night. He failed. Actually, two weeks. Of, actually, the entire exhibition season, he's had a shot to make the team and the active roster. He's not good enough. Um, the Eagles 0-3 in exhibition. I could care less about that record. I don't really care about records or points in exhibition football. They're meaningless. I'm not saying the effort level is meaningless. I'm just saying, dude, you know, you know, it's funny. I got to, I got to keep reminding myself, the Steelers are going to play all their starters. And Mike Tomlin makes a great point. How can you box if you're not sparring? And he's right. And he's like, I don't have to validate me playing my top guys. And again, I would say this to you. I don't think the Steelers are a Super Bowl team. I think they're still finding their way and their identity. So to me, if Nick Sirianni and the Eagles had a team like the Steelers, I would say this. I'm going to play my starters in the final exhibition game too because I'm still not sure in a lot of spots in Pittsburgh. You see, there's a difference between being the Eagles and the Steelers. The Eagles are close to winning a Super Bowl. The Steelers are 10 years from the Super Bowl. So there's a difference. You're still looking at personnel and you're still looking at grouping situations and how many guys to keep when it comes to particular groupings. So end of the day, I mean, there's, there's, there's not a chance. Philly didn't lose a single game last year because of special teams. Try the Super Bowl, dickhead. Try the Super Bowl. Go back and look at the Super Bowl didn't lose a single game because of special teams. Well, you must not have watched the Super Bowl. You must not have watched it. <laughs> they didn't lose a single game. No, you're right. You lost the game because of special teams. Okay, whatever, dude. So 0-3, I mean, not a big deal. Okay, not a big deal. Um, I'll say this to you that I have a takeaway about the new coordinators and what I've seen in camp so far and in the games. I like these guys. I like Brian Johnson. He's got a great bedside manner. He's not overcooking it. He's got a really good bedside manner, and I think that relationship with Hurts 
He's a perfect fit for that offense. He's not going to overcook something that's already a spectacular meal. And it's so good to see because how many times do you see an offensive coordinator go into a building and they've got great talent and he just shakes that thing up so much. It's chaotic. And because he wants to put his, he wants to put his stamp on it so bad. He wants to put his stamp on it that he shakes it up too much. And it looks like one of those like Christmas globes, you know? And you're just not sure, and you're like this. I'm like, he's been really consistently good. He's been vanilla, too. You don't want to show too much. You have too much to show. Let me tell you something. What the Eagles did in the exhibition season and what they did in the organized team practices, it must be difficult for them not to go full out because I think they're going not half speed. Not half speed. But I think they've got these horses at the start gate at the Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs, and these guys are just waiting to get out on that racetrack. I mean, it's like they've held them back. There's no question they held the entire team back on that side of the ball. Okay? And, and, and Brian Johnson's done a nice job. Let me get over to the defensive side. I think Desai and Patricia are working really good. Look, you could be disappointed in some of the performances this year. There's better teams, better quarterbacks, better coaches, and more responsibility this year and lesser experience on the team. Jonathan Gannon, you're going to – hey, I'm going to make a prediction to you here. I'm not saying Sherman is good, but being fair, playing with XFL line, okay – I just haven't seen anything in the preseason to make me think he's he's on the 53-man roster, Bear. I, I, I just don't, okay? I'm going to make a prediction to you. You know what's going to happen in the Philly media and around the country? See, they miss Gannon. No way will they miss Gannon. No way. Sean Desai is not going to have a good, as good a defense as he did a year ago. He may have better talent but he's got to let that talent mature. He's got to be more patient than Gannon. Remember something with Gannon. Gannon couldn't fix the run game. You know what he did? He went and cried to Howie. Howie went and got him to uh, Sue and Linville Joseph. It wasn't anything schematically he fixed. They went and got personnel. Jonathan Gannon, the last two years, has been a benefactor of shitty teams, and experience on the team. The side doesn't have that. Better teams you're playing, less experience. And people will go, well, Sills, do you think that there's a higher higher ceiling in week 10 or week eight of the seat? Yes. That's two months from now. That's two months from now. Okay? If two months from now we don't see improvement on the defense, then we'll have a conversation about Sean Desai and Matt Patricia. But until then, I like the way they've moved guys around. They're going to move guys all around. And you know why they're going to do that? They're going to do that because lack of experience and use of their athleticism. That's what they're going to do this year. They're more athletic this year than they were a year ago. 
They're less experienced, though. That's a fact. Now, I, if it were me, I'd rather have the ability to have more upside as a coordinator. But you got to be patient with me here. We got to see what we have. You don't know what you have yet. You have, you have no idea what you have yet on defense. You assume it, but you don't know yet. We all don't know. It's an unknown. Last year, we knew the two tackles inside were good. We knew the linebacker was good. We were suspect on Gardner Johnson and Kaiser. We were. We were, we were also on Reddick because they didn't, they didn't really know in the first month of the season how to use him properly. Dropping him in coverage was a terrible idea. Okay? So the, they've got a lot to figure out here. Okay? What's up, Quan? Appreciate you coming in, brother. Sales first six weeks are critical for the defense to grow and build chemistry. Well, correct. You got to build some continuity in there too. I'm going to get to the starters here in a second here. I've revised my starting 22 a little bit. I think New England is going to rush for almost 200 yards against us. Boy, JM, if that happens, that New England rushes against the Eagles for 200 yards, it's a fourth quarter football game. I still favor Philly in that game even if it is a fourth quarter game and it could be a fourth quarter game. Okay. Dan, a lot of good things I've seen during the off season, a lot of work. I, I, hey, a lot of work to do. That's a, I, I agree. I agree. Zeke has his hair on fire. And that other kid they got is a really good football player too, Stevenson. Okay. Can you stop Zeke? I'm going to get to all of this, I promise. I think your special teams, again, in two years, you've done nothing to fix the thing. I mean, you know, and, and here, I'm going to do this too. And the fact that the Eagles don't care about training camp, I mean, I still have to get away from that, that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing this week. Now, that's a new situation, so I get it. I go, but man, and the Eagles, they care more about health than really being with chemistry in week one. And that played out against Detroit, did it not? The Eagles took health over preparation. And I'm not saying mental preparation. I'm saying physical preparation. That game, that Detroit game last year, in my opinion, was the toughest game that the Eagles played all year in the regular season. That was the toughest game. That in the Washington game that they lost was the toughest games that they played last year. And it was week one. So you got to kind of, you got to kind of balance that out that, Hey, week one, most teams aren't prepared. It's not an Eagle thing. It's the limited practices. But the Eagles go beyond that. So, hey, look, it's worked in health. There's, You'll never be able to convince me that they didn't do the right thing last year, even though I wanted them to play more when you start 22 starters in the Super Bowl. Sills, you may have that opinion, but the Eagles start 22 guys in the Super Bowl? Yes. Their original 22 that they started in September with? Yes. I mean, dude. 
You're just venting. Right. Okay. Right. So I, I have to go with what they're doing and what they've done the last two years. Okay? And keeping the team healthy. So let's do this. Let's look at the 22 here. And some of the backups. The offense... As you hey, is the offense better this year than last year? Do you have more talent on the team this year than you did last year heading into the start of the season? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. With some subtle changes. With some subtle changes. I think you do. And I'll tell you why. Hertz has. Done a nice job this year. In my opinion. Of seeing pressure. From what I'm hearing. And they have brought one thing they've worked on. In the. OTAs and in the organized team practices has been bringing pressure on him and he has seen it well. I'll tell you something else you're going to see a lot more of this year. I wouldn't be shocked if you start to see him doing more rollout passes because with the addition of Swift now, you're going to have a progression that he can go to on rollouts. You drop Swift down in that slot, you have him come across the field on a slant. Then you have Devontae or AJ on the other side as your secondary pass pattern. You have Goddard coming up the scene. I think they're going to do more things with him rolling out and using them wheels of his. Not so much this. I don't, I don't think running him, in my opinion, 17 times is what they're going to be trying to do here. I think they're going to move him around more. And I think they're he's going to look like Steve Young and Aaron Rodgers early in their careers where they're moving him around more. Okay? So, because I think they want to get the ball into Swift's hands and see what he can do in open space against uh, corners and free safeties. I want to see that. Because I think he could be a weapon out there and loosen up the Y and Z. And also, you got Goddard coming up to scene. I think that loosens all of that up. And see, to me, I would it shock me if Swift has more catches than the number three wideout on the team? I think that's their objective. I think Swift is going to be the fourth option. It's going to be the two wideouts tied in and then Swift. And then that other guy is going to – maybe that's why they keep Quez there. I'm going to get to him here in a second. But I think they're going to move him around more. And again – not so much running vertically, I think laterally. I think they're going to move him around to try to create more passing lanes to get guys open. And that's the addition of Swift. And in my opinion, I think that's an upgrade from just having an eye back back there and turning around and handing it to a guy. I mean, what, 
Swift helps the wideouts more than what Miles Sanders did a year ago. And, and, and that's what I said. Okay. Barb goes, Danny, when I said, I like Swift, you said he sucks. I've never said Swift sucks. I said the day of the, the day of the draft, I liked it. And I loved it. I've never said that. I hate Penny. I've never said that about Swift. I think he is the perfect back for this running back or for this offense. I've never not liked the move. I don't like really the room that much. I do love Swift. So I think he helped. I put, by the way, my number two running back is Gainwell. He's, you know why Gainwell's my number two back? Gainwell's my number two back because I can trust him. I don't really trust anybody else back there, nor can I rely on anyone else back there because they're always injured. So to me, I, I trust Gainwell. So my two guys um, are Swift and Gainwell, and Gainwell's a guy that at least I can trust, okay? A.J. Brown, obviously, is WR1. And, you know... I'm 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 going to I'm going to do this here, okay? Um I'm going to put Zacchaeus as number 2 behind him. So those two guys are AJ Brown and Zacchaeus behind AJ Brown. I think that's pretty good. And by the way, if you go back and you look at the Atlanta stats for Olama uh Olama Day, if you go back and you look at those stats in Atlanta for him, he progressively got better and better with shitty quarterbacking in Atlanta. If you go back and look at his target ratio and you go back and look at his catch numbers, he got better every year. So to me, I, 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 I'm putting, I like him. And I would put him in that three role. But personally, because he's a rental, how he drafted Quez, they're going to put him in that three hole, I think. And I wouldn't. But I think they're okay. I think they're going to. Devontae, then I got Ward behind him. Um, Devontae Smith by the end of the year, I don't know if he's going to have the same kind of ability that um AJ Brown has, but he may have better numbers because of the entire offense around him. Swift is a reason that they will keep more young DBs and not five, six wide receivers. Last year, you said you think that Swift was going to be a star. Hey, um, I, I think he's going to be a star in this league. And, and and by the way, I was so impressed with him in that opening game last year against the Eagles. Um, and he played quite a few games last year, okay? He played quite a few games, okay? I, I'm going to put Watkins there. And I think they're going to put Watkins there. They, they want him to have that job for whatever reason. I don't think he's worthy of that job. He's done nothing in two years. And in the most important game, in the most important times when I needed him, he is not reliable. And I'm going to give you two examples, the Super Bowl and in the Dallas game too. I mean, dude, was it not embarrassing to you to watch him have a football in his hand and watch the Cowboy defender just take it out of his hands. I mean, he doesn't fight for anything. He's barely fighting for his job. How? Wait a minute. If he can't fight for footballs on a field, 
What makes you think he's fighting for his job? You got to fight for your seat in the locker room. I don't think he's got the intestinal fortitude to fight for anything in his life. It's not his makeup. A.J. Brown's going to fight for every inch on the field. So is Devontae. Quez Watkins doesn't fight for anything, which means he doesn't stand for anything in his career except speed. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of it. This is not about being nice. This is about winning. Who said being nice has anything to do with building a roster? You think when you call a player in to bring his playbook, that's nice? You think there's a nice way to be fired in the NFL? Do you actually think because the guy's kinder in words, it's not the same impact? Give me a break. I'd rather have you tell me, bring your playbook. Travel agent will be with you. They'll have your ticket for you. And good luck to you. That's all I need. I don't need you to tell me about your life story because I don't care. They don't care. I don't give a shit you have a family. And, and by the way, that's not just the Eagles. That's the entire league talks like that. This is not about liking the guy's name on the back of the jersey. This is about liking the emblem on the helmet. You think this is college football? Got nothing to do with loving anything. Okay. Walter goes, Quez will surprise me. I'm done with it. I mean, in the biggest games of his career so far, he's been a turd. A turd. Tight end, Dallas Goddard. Only thing I don't trust about Dallas Cotter is two things. Stop dropping every third football and please stay healthy. Now, I have a theory on why he doesn't stay healthy. You know why? He's looking to run dudes over every down. And here's the other thing. You know why he's more healthier than Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey doesn't have to block. This guy's a beast on blocking. So there's more opportunities for him to get banged up. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Eagles protect him a little more so that they don't lose him. Don't have him in so many of the run formations. Maybe line him up a little wider. Don't have him take on all those top flight defensive ends like Bose and them guys. You don't have to chip all the time. Make his life a little easier so you can get him in week 17. This guy does everything 100 miles an hour. He blocks great. He, he, He's got a no. I, I tell you this, he's got a better nose for the end zone than Zach Ertz ever had. This guy's not looking to go down. He's looking to go downtown. Zach Ertz, every time he catches the ball, he's looking for four leaf clovers. Boom, boom, boom. This guy's never a yak guy. Great hands, unbelievable, really good, but Goddard's better. But they got to protect Goddard a little more. Okay. I, I I mean, I like him, okay? I th- Look, I think he's a 75 catch, maybe 950. Maybe he could sneak near 1,000. He's, he's a good football player and a blocker, which makes him important to me. If 
But I think you got to protect him a little more. Left tackle, Mulata. I had Dennis Kelly behind him. Um, I would I would make I would make this point to you about about Jordan about Jordan Mulata. It's time, kid. I want to see a Pro Bowl next to your name this year. It's time, okay? It's time. Let's go. Let's push your name up that list a little more. You know, you're at nine now. I would say uh, left tackles. Let's go. Top five. It's time. You have the ability. I think you have more skill on that offensive line than any player in that line. You have more athleticism than anyone on the Eagle O line. There is nobody that is more athletic than Jordan Malad on that offensive line. Nobody. And by the way, that's not a debate and it ain't close. Okay. And it's not close. On anyone close in athleticism. Okay? He is the most athletic offensive lineman on that offensive line. Okay? Here's a guy that didn't play pro. This, wait a minute. Let me take that back. Lane Johnson is not more athletic. This guy didn't play football four years ago. He didn't play football. He never put a helmet on. He never put his shoulder pads on. He never had to put on hip pads. He's never in a million years lined up in a three-point stance. And now he's the ninth best O-lineman making $15.5 million a year. And you think there's someone more athletic on your old line than a guy that never played football? Who? This guy just went like this one day. Hey, let me try that. Now he's one of the top 10 guys in the league. You don't understand how insane that is. He, he didn't even know what a football looked like. My daughter plays rugby, and it's got some similarities, but nothing like what he's doing. This guy makes a career out of backpedaling. In rugby, you go forward. Tell him to pull up the mulatto rugby highlights. Dude's a tank. Yeah, he ran the ball. 6'8", 300 pounds, and moves like Shaquille O'Neal. Unreal. Unreal talent. Let's go. You got to be one of the Pro Bowl offensive tackles. I think Landon Dickerson is morphing into, look, the kid in Indianapolis. You know, I watched that kid in Indianapolis last night, and I watched that guy at Indy last night, and I go, you really think that guy's better than Landon Dickerson? Boy. I didn't come away with that. And I watched him very close. And I'm watching that guy. And I went like this. That guy, if anything, they're similar. I was like, I don't see where people think that that guy in Indy is better than Landon Dickerson. 
Dickerson is gargantuan. He moves well. He's tough as nails. He picks his feet up in traffic. Here's another kid that's, a, that's an all-pro candidate. Dude, I mean, I watched that guy, Nelson. Yeah, that's it, Cody. I watched him last night, and I wanted to go, is that guy better than Landon Dickerson? So I watched him. I, I'm like, I, I didn't come away going, oh, yeah. I mean, the kid in Cleveland's good. The guy in uh, Kansas City's pretty decent. Zach Martin's good. But I went like this, the guy who is the high, I think he's the highest paid guard in the league. And I went, you think that guy's really better than him? Tell you what, how he's got a big number coming up with Landon Dickerson. If that guy's making $20 million, Landon Dickerson's going to make $20 million. Okay? He's going to make $20 million. Kelsey, the question will be on him. Does father time catch him? I'll tell you something that I really enjoy with Jason. It's a privilege to watch him play ball, and it's a privilege to watch him handle himself. He's been one of the greatest Eagles on and off the field that I've seen in my time playing against you guys, covering you guys, knowing many of your guys, knowing your owners. I knew Norman Brayman. I knew I, I still know Norman. Um, Kelsey has the personality of Jerome Brown, just different. He's like Jerome. Very charismatic, very charismatic. Um, the the podcast stuff, the way he talks the way he handles himself, he handles his business on and off the field. I mean, nothing gets in his way. He's a football player first and foremost. He's a father first and foremost. Then he's a football player. Then he's a celebrity. He's got his priorities in order. And what he's done is he's worked his way into the Hall of Fame. So you respect that. Every single thing that he did from a six-rounder, I think it was, he's worked his way up from being a six-round draft choice into being one of the very few selected guys that will go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely, GT, a true professional. He embodies what Philly's about, in my opinion. Okay? And by the way, that thing he said the other day about starting that fight, he did that for the public so that people won't come down on him nationally because everyone comes. You know, he was looking out for you because they would just say, oh, cheap shot, Philly, Philadelphia Eagle guy. It's, it, it's symbolic of the city. He did that for you, not for him or the Eagles. That was for public perception that he apologized like that. Okay. He apologized for the fan base or to for the fan base for his actions. You're, you're trying to tell me, you don't think Jason Kelsey, if he saw something out there on the field that he didn't think was professional, that he's not going to go out there and take someone's head off. I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that, okay? I actually like the cheap shot. I don't know. I'm not – hey, by the way, for the record, I'm not against cheap shots. You keep taking shitty shots at me or any of my teammates, I'm going to take one at you. Fair play here, Hoss. This is a fist fight. This isn't uh, Queensberry rules here. Football game's not Queensberry rules. You want to piss on me? I'm going to piss on you. It's football, man. What do you think this is? Sportsmanship? Give me a break. Sportsmanship? That's when you're a little kid and you hear all them dumb people talking. Kids are watching and this and that. 
Yeah, well, when you grow up and you play pro ball, you're not a kid anymore. Okay? Not a kid anymore. Playing a man's game. And men get into fights. Okay? You're protecting your own, and you're protecting your soil. Sportsmanship. I got your sportsmanship. Don't ever shake my hand after a loss. Why in the world would I shake your hand after a loss? Sorry, I ain't built that way. You kick my team's ass or you want a ball game? You think I'm shaking your hand? Why? Hey, I'll call you in a couple weeks, especially if we're boys. I'll say, great game to you, bud. You ain't getting me right after a 60-minute war. Shaking your hand, congratulating you beating me. What do you think we're doing here? Don't go soft on me, man. It crazy. Shaking people's hands after. I thought you were tougher than this. Cam Jurgens. He's had a really good camp. Okay. Kian goes, you're a bitch if you can't take a loss like a man. Okay, I'm a bitch. Cam Jurgens. Um, had a really good camp and solidified him starting the season at right guard. Okay. All right. He has. I think Steen's on his heels though. Okay. I I think Steen's right there. I like Cam. I think Cam, Cam had a good camp. The problem I got with Cam, though, the O-line goes like this, right? Look, huge. What is it? 6'8", 6'5", 6'3", 6'3", 6'5". I'd like it to be 6'5", or 6'8", 6'5", 6'3", 6'6", 6'5". You know what I mean? The biggest guys I can get out there is what I want Jalen Hurts to play behind. That's what, that's, that's, I want the biggest Dudes I can get, okay? Maniac, what up, brother? Okay? I'm going to get to the defense. I'm going to get to all this. Hang in there. Hang in there. Show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. Hey, Bear, let me use the Woody Hayes line. You show me a good loser, I'll show you a waiter. Right tackle. Lane Johnson. Next. I mean, Lane Johnson. I'm trying to think of something. Of all the players on your offense, watch this, Jalen. Um, I want him I want him to play smart, not get hit. Okay? Pick up blitz as well. Swift, stay healthy. AJ Brown, when the play's not your side, act like you're still involved and engaged. I think he takes plays off. Devontae Smith, stay healthy. Quez I don't want to go back and litigate that because I could be here all day. 
Goddard. Catch more footballs. Stay healthy. Malata, time to step up. Now, I'm giving you the benefit because you didn't play ball four years, five years ago. I mean, Dickerson, stay healthy. Keep picking your feet up. Kelsey, Father Time going to get you? Cam, we don't know yet. Lane, what's the weakness? <clears throat> what's the weakness? Time to go to defense. Of all the players on your football team, he's the only guy who has zero weakness or things to work on. He has nothing to work on. Okay, just nothing. GT, okay, health. I don't know how you prepare for health because he can get rolled up on at any time. Stay healthy. This guy has nothing to work on. Nothing. He's the most complete player on your team. Let's go over to defense now. <laughs> Only weakness is maybe he's got a his hairline's receding. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh. Hey, five-time Super Bowl champ, baby. Scumbag Lane, I'd call him that too after he shut down Bozum. <laughs> I'd, I'd be saying that too. Especially after he shut down Nick Bozum. All right, defense. Um, Brandy Graham, and then I got the kid Robinson behind him. Okay? Janaris Robinson, I got behind him. You're thin there. You're thin there. Okay? You can't lose Brandon Graham. Um, can he do it again? Man, I'm hoping he gets seven sacks. I hope he gets seven sacks. I got Jalen Carter starting. And I got Jordan Davis behind him. And I think they should rotate those two. Those guys should split reps this year. You, I, I think it's smart to play those two guys behind each other and maybe one starts one week, another starts. Like Jordan Davis starting against New England might make more sense than Jalen Carter because they're, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. We're going to talk about that a little bit because now it's time to start thinking about New England. I think they're going to run the ball more, but I want to get Carter as many reps as possible, okay? So to me, you know, he's the better player. But him and Davis had split those reps there, in my opinion, okay? Um, I got Fletcher at the right defensive tackle position of Milton Williams. That's a pretty good foursome there. Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams. There's a lot of – there's a ton of upside there. There's a ton of upside with those four guys. I could see Milton Williams getting some starts, guys get nicked up. 
Um, I could see Milton Williams playing a little bit of that right defensive tackle position um, or maybe sliding Jalen over to that three technique and putting Williams over on that left tackle position. I think Tracy's got a pretty good – I think he's got a pretty good rotation there. I think you're, 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 you're good there. And now it's really just about going out and getting reps and then finding out how good it actually is. Because right now, again, we don't know how good it can be. Okay? But according to Pro Football Focus, one of the most improved defensive tackles last year in the NFL was Milton Williams. That's good, man. When you got your backup guys getting better, that's the player development. That's what you're looking for. Josh Sweat continues to impress me. He's rangy. He's Brian Burns, the kid from Carolina. I think he is looking more and more like Brian Burns every single time that I watch him in a not in a pass rush drill, in an inside drill, um, in a nine on seven. Every time I watch him going through skill set drills and everything, and everything Tracy's telling me that he's just getting better and better and better. And he's understanding the position. He understands the defense. He understands leverage. Remember, he's only 255 pounds or like 260. He's not an enormous guy, and he's built exactly like the kid. They got a kid down there now, uh, this verse kid at Florida State, and they're producing these edge rushers that look like Brian Burns and Josh Sweat. I only think I think the reason that Josh Sweat went in the fourth round what didn't he have a knee injury when he was at Florida State? Did did he have a knee? Am I right? Do I remember that? And I mean, the former coach at Oregon, I think, was his coach. Um, I could have swore that Sweat had an injury his senior year at Florida State, and that's why he fell in the draft the way he did. Um, I thought he got hurt at FSU and that's kind of why he slid down, um, in the draft because he's a first round talent. Sweat had a catastrophic knee injury in high school and almost needed to get his leg amputated. He battled back from it. Okay. So it happened in high school and this is why he's been getting better and better and better. And I would imagine NFL teams were a little suspect of that of that knee and why he's, he's a first round talent. He's a first round talent that NFL teams were nervous on. Okay. That is really something great that Dumbo Fisher did. And I mean, it could have been Dumbo Fisher that was there that got him, got him to Florida state. It could have, it could have been Dumbo Fisher that got him in the building there and not the guy from Oregon. Because um, you had a catastrophic knee injury your senior year. You probably had very limited scholarship offers. And somebody probably begged FSU to take him. They probably saw his junior year tape and said, wow, this kid's great. Let's see what we can do with him. And NFL teams, once they worked it out, they said, you're going to waste the first-round pick. What if this guy's knee doesn't come around? So he's a first-round talent. I, I see why. He's a first-round talent. That's a first-round draft choice. The Eagles have a first-round draft choice that they got in the fourth round. I mean, you, you're looking at some of these. You look at a pick like that. You talk about being underdrafted. You could have said this.
to me right now, the way he's playing, shit, man. He was taken 10th. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Josh Sweat taken 10th. That's what I would say today. He was a fourth rounder. Okay, what happened? That's what I would do with him. I would go like this. Well, something must have happened really awful, like an injury, because that's not a fourth-round guy. Okay? I think Zach Cunningham starts. They didn't dress him last night. I got Nicholas Morrow behind him. Um, I don't have a problem with Zach Cunningham. I think Zach Cunningham... I think Zach Cunningham's going to do a good job this year. You know, you go back and watch him play last year. I don't really have an understanding why the Titans didn't bring him back. What are you looking for there? I mean, was it a money thing? Did you not like him? I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not getting that. Injuries tone. Well, if I'm going to cut a guy, and he's got injuries. To sign a guy who can't do the job, I'm still going to keep Zach Cunningham on my team. I'm just not going to cut him. Again, when you cut somebody or get rid of somebody, you better have something in mind. Like I said, getting rid of TJ Edwards is a complete disaster, in my opinion. And, hey, like I said, too, debating that's over now. You're married to it. Whether you think the Kobe's good or I don't or whatever, it's over now. You got to get ready for New England. That conversation is finished. Okay? That conversation's over. There's no debating it. You, we're now going to debate it Monday morning after New England. Okay? Sills, what's your opinion on Simmons to the Giants? I don't think the Cardinals got enough for that. I think Isaiah Simmons, they played him out of position. Gee, who would have thought the Cardinals played someone out of position like Hassan Reddick? What would make you think Isaiah Simmons from Clemson at Arizona was used correctly by the Cardinals? They had him going back and forth between safety and linebacker. They couldn't figure out Hassan Reddick there. Everything now that comes out of Arizona, when they move somebody, I will question because you couldn't figure out Reddick. And you're, you're playing the guy in between two positions. Figure out what he does best. Are the Giants going to play him at backer or safety? They're going to play him at safety. Cardinals stink, not only in personnel decisions, but in coaching decisions. So I don't think they got enough for him, and I think they didn't coach him well. Not that I think that he's been a star there, but I'm going to give the player the benefit of the doubt. Hassan Reddick makes that happen. They don't get anything right in Arizona. I like Zach Cunningham. I'm, I've come around on him. Guy's been there two weeks. Hey, man, I saw a guy, Gardner Johnson, who was there one week, lead the NFL in interceptions. Nicobe Dean, I think all the debating and all the conversation that I've had this offseason is well-documented. You're married to it. He's 
not, in my opinion, this is an opinion now, Nicobe. He's not been prepared to play that position at all in the offseason. He has not been prepared to play that position. He's had limited reps. He's missed practice. He's not prepared. But the Eagles are confident. I want to know why they're confident. And we're going to find out against New England. How about this? Like I said, it's not about a talent conversation. He's just not been practicing enough. He's had no reps, very limited live reps, and everyone's confident confident and comfortable. Okay. We're going to find out why. There's a reason that wide receivers and quarterbacks practice endlessly. And players practice like, so wait a minute, let me ask you this. You think of Jalen Hurts. Let me ask you something here about Jalen Hurts. Everyone. So you think of Jalen Hurts had prepared for this season the same way that N'Kobe Dean has been prepared for this season. You feel comfortable with Jalen going into a game against New England? Ask yourself that. Why does the quarterback feel that he has to be over-prepared for this upcoming season and the Eagles don't think they have to prepare their Mike linebacker? The quarterback is over-prepared. You'd feel comfortable if Jalen didn't put in all the work. I wonder how the Eagles would feel about that. You think Jalen would feel you think Jalen would feel prepared? Let alone what you think. You think he'd feel prepared if he didn't practice at all? Had no time with the team, didn't work with the wideouts, had 34 reps. Really? That's all I need to know. That's we're not debating that then. Strong side backer, Reddick. I got this in a 43. Nolan Smith behind him. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him. I hope they get – you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see Nolan Smith get about 20 reps. 20 reps a game. I'd like to see him at the beginning get 20 reps. I'd, I'd like to have him on third down and long. Rocket that guy off the edge in the perimeter. So let me get this right. You have Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick. Maybe you put Nolan Smith on the other side. You take Cunningham out in that 43 look, and, and you have those two guys rushing, and you have the other two setting the edge, Sweat and Graham, vice versa, run a twist. with those. Can you imagine running twist stunts with Brandon Graham, Nolan Smith, Hassan Reddick, and Josh Sweat? That would make a tight end offensive tackle – have nightmares going into games. <laughs> I mean, you got a 4-3 dude on one end. You got a guy who had 19 and a half sacks last year. And you got two defensive ends that had double-digit sacks. Okay, you're leaving your back in. You're, leave, you're going max protection on that. Quarterback's going to get hit in the back of the head. Okay, you need max protection on that. Once you ask Brock Purdy that. I 
I got Bradbury and Avante Maddox. Hey, by the way, Avante Maddox, is he healthy? I want to finish this up, Tone. Is Avante Maddox healthy? I mean, I, I mean what did he do this camp? What? Where's Avante Maddox? Where, where, where's this guy? Guy's always banged up or something. I never see him, man. He's like Casper the Ghost. Where is he? I mean, never dressed? He's tall? Jesus, criminy. Kidding. I mean, this guy here, man, is made of balsa wood. This guy's paper mache. Come on, kid. Let's go. Always injured, man. You know, I'm going to do this here. But um, Terrell Edmonds has to start. And Reed Blankenship in your safety positions, they have to start. Sidney Brown, all the excitement about him. And there should be. Okay? There should be. But... He's too prone to make mistakes right now. I don't trust him. I, 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 I don't trust him right now. Okay? I, I, I just don't yet. He's got to show me I can trust him in coverage. And he's got to be a better tackler. He, you know, that has reared its head the last two weeks. You know, the scouting report on him was that he doesn't wrap up. Well, it's evident when you watch it. He doesn't wrap up. He's not a really good tackler. And with a team that's lost so many tacklers, he needs to improve on that. He needs That's a skill he can work on. He's not a very good tackler. Now, does he get to the ball? Does he run through the tackler? Does he do all the things? Does he get good instincts? Is he tough as hell? Does he have the attitude you want? All of that is a positive. But, dude, at the end of the day, it's tackle football. Kid, you got to get guys on the ground. I'm going to get to McKee um, in this next hour coming up here, 85. Um, I'll give you my impression of uh, Tanner McKee here in a second. And what they've been doing is with Darius Slay, they've been – they want want Slay healthy um, for the upcoming season. The kid Keely Ringo showed me nothing. I don't know. I mean, I don't see anything in him yet. He has not impressed. Okay. And the athletic or the lack of athleticism in his hips, it, it's played out a little bit in the exhibition season. He's not very good right now. That uh, doesn't mean he can't improve. Is he going through rookie stuff? Probably. But you think I'm going to put that guy at a cornerback position? And I'm going to line that guy out there on Stefan Diggs. You would be high. That is not happening. Stefan Diggs would shake the change out of that kid's pockets. He's not the most athletic. Can I tell you what I would do with Keely Ringo? I'd slide him over to safety. I'd put him in the safety position. He, I don't believe he's, I don't believe he could play an NFL cornerback. I, I just don't believe he's an NFL quarterback or cornerback kind of thing. So I would play him and give him reps at safety, free and strong. I'm impressed by you, Big Sills. 
Thank you, Maniac. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Um, the other thing, too, one last thing here on the offensive side. It was very evident that the Eagles wanted to get Rashad Penny into the regular season. And they had no interest in seeing him outside of that one run in the first exhibition game um, carrying the ball. They had no interest in it. So they want to get him to the regular season. They're pretty comfortable with his talent. I probably think he makes the team. Okay? I th- Look, I- I'm going to give you the guys like Ricks and Tanner McKee here, here in a second. Philly Godfather is going to join us at 5.30 Eastern time. I want to hit on that. We got a boatload of stuff yet. The strengths and weaknesses going into – The 2023 season, what are they? We're going to do some of that. Please hit the like button. Hour number two, keep it here on the National Football Show. Hey, by the way, my friends, do not forget. Do not forget. I almost did because get this. We have such a great schedule lined up for you guys when it comes to our friends at Hooters. Let me tell you this, man. I talked to the guys last night. They could not believe how many people were rolling in to the King of Prussia Hooters last night in all seven of the locations in the Northeast area. All you do is log on to northeasthooters.com to find that location. They're celebrating the 40th anniversary of Hooters. 40th anniversary. The iconic Hooter girls are going to be there for you to serve you. Tuesdays, you buy 10 wings, 10 boneless, you get free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983. Year it was founded in the 40th anniversary. All you can eat, kids eat free on Saturdays. Don't forget happy hours each and every single day. Some of the best happy hour deals going. Plus, six bucks, six items. Your favorite draft, your favorite sandwich, your favorite fried pickles, all of that there for you at Hooters. And again, don't forget, we're going to be doing a ton of stuff with our friends at King of Prussia Hooters. So make sure you go over to my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show to see that schedule. On when we're going to be in town, northeasttutors.com to find the seven locations. Exhibition football tonight, Saturday, and Sunday to wrap up the exhibition weekend. And then we get ready for the first week of the NFL in two weeks. So we look forward to that. And anytime you go into Hooters, do me a favor, you make sure you tell them Big Sill sent you. Passionately. 
Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You want to know when a fan base completely gets bullshitted, you have to turn to the 49er fan base. And it's not so much the fan I I, I enjoyed Talking sports in San Francisco when I was on KMBR and KGO and all that stuff, the ticket 10 fit, I enjoyed it. But the 49er organization lies to its fans every single day. They lie every day. How in the world can you turn around if you're the organization today and say that Trey Lance improved leaps and bounds this preseason and offseason when he was demoted to third team. How do you sell that? How do you sell that to your fan base? And the fan base not go, you're a freaking liar. How are you not saying that? See, you know, one thing I really realized, and Angelo and I had a great conversation last night, and I was proud to become his friend last It was really awesome. Angelo Cataldi's not on the radio in Philly. You know why? It's not because he's old. It's because Angelo can't be Angelo anymore. That's why he's not on the air. He can't be Angelo anymore. Because these radio companies can't take it. I can't take when someone wants to do a a show where we're fans. Try that bullshit. Nobody in their right mind thinks that Trey Lance improved. Except the Niners. And they don't even believe it. They'd rather lie to you. Imagine that. 
The organization would rather lie for the mistake. And then you turn around and you watch the Dolphins and how they use those three picks to improve their football team. They've, they've systematically put pieces on both defense and offense because of the Lance pick, and you're going the other way doing this. Brock Purdy's it. You know, when someone goes like this, I heard someone say this. Well, the Brock Purdy, the Brock Purdy find a quarterback will cover the Trey Lance disaster. Dude, Jalen Hurts covers the Carson Wentz disaster. Trey Lance does not cover, or Brock Purdy does not cover the Trey Lance disaster. There were three ones involved. And the Eagles got a one out of it. The only thing the Niners got out of it was maybe Brock Purdy. You didn't cover that pick in San Francisco. Even if Brock Purdy works out, you still lost three to four years of your future. Well, you found a quarterback at the expense of four years of my future. Albeit, if Jalen turns out to be what everyone says he's going to be, which he's not yet, but trending, and they got a one, shit, dude, the Eagles would basically have gotten two first-round draft choices for Carson Wentz. That's a win. That's a total win. I mean, right? What? Hey, if Jalen Hurts has another Pro Bowl year, they got two ones. Two ones. And a Pro Bowl quarterback. Okay, that's not losing. That's called. That's called saving the Titanic. The Niner quarterback situation is the Titanic. You know what's crazy, though? The Niners knew last year it was the Titanic and they still got on the boat. They knew this year that Trey Lance is the Titanic and they still got on the boat. Shit, I got to tell you something. If I knew the bitch was going down, I'm not getting back on that boat again. See, they knew the ending of the James Cameron story and the movie, and they still got on the boat twice. That's called just being ridiculously stupid. <laughs> yeah, so the Niners are concerned now about paying Joey or Nick Bowes the $30 million. And they could cover it with, hey, we're keeping the defensive player of the year <laughs> at the expense of three first-round draft choices. And you knew the boat was going down twice. <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't get it. That's just me. I don't get it. All right. <laughs> 
Tanner McKee, stop with this stuff. He's not the number two quarterback. He's 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 not. <laughs> he he's not. Didn't you learn from Gardner Minshew a year ago? So you want to change the entire offense if Jalen gets hurt for him, and you want to move forward with him, and you want him lining up at Arrowhead. Really? You want him lining up versus the 49ers? You're not winning those games with Tanner McKee. Please tell me you're not talking like that. Marcus Mariota, it's his job. And the, what they did last night, they wanted him to feel good about going into the season, and the Eagles wanted to feel good about going into the season. That's why they didn't play him excessively. They wanted to get McKee as much reps as possible because he's not going to play until next preseason. They like what they see. He's not an NFL quarterback yet. You really want to go into the start of the season with a guy who can't jump over four quarters. Real, in an RPO offense. Get this right. Get this. So there's Eagle fans, and I've heard them, that want Tanner McKee to be the number two quarterback in an offense where he can't jump over four pennies. And it's an RPO offense. You're going to have to convince me that that guy doesn't run anything under a six flat 40. JM goes, who's the backup in Kansas city? I think it's Blake Bortles, but here's the thing. JM does it matter if Mahomes goes down, they're a five win team. They're a five win team. They don't have any offensive weapons in Kansas City except for the tight end. The rest of them guys are bums. It's a reason you pay $500 million to the guy. Because <laughs> he carries the franchise. Oh, my God, the Nick Foles thing, man. Stick with Mariota, Okay. Stick with Marcus Mariota. He's your best option. He is. He's your best option. Your best option. Gigi goes hurts is playing the whole season. It would be his first. It would be his first. Those guys in Kansas City, seriously, they're dudes. Who, who, who's the wideouts in KC? Someone help me out here. Let's, hey, let's all chuckle. Who's the wideouts in Kansas City? I, I, I need a laugh. Come on. I need, I, need, I need someone to laugh. CJ, how you doing, brother? Give me the, give me the number one wideout in Kansas City. I need to laugh. Who's the number one? Sky Moore? Come on. No, it can't be. That's like a movie actor's name. <laughs> can't be Sky Moore. No way. There's no such a guy named Sky Moore. No way. 
There's no such an NFL guy named Sky Moore. <laughs> you guys are pulling the wool over my eyes. Okay. Tony who? Tony Tony? Name me a whiteout. In Kansas City, I need to laugh a little bit. Can't be Sky. There's no such thing as Sky Moore. Kadarius Tony. Who is that? <laughs> oh my God. Who's Skyler Moore? Wow. Oh. <laughs> hey, you guys made me chuckle, man. Thank you. Kadarius Tony is an eagle killer. Oh, my God. No, I think the quarterback's the eagle killer. I don't really think that Darius Tony is the eagle killer. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Steve. I at least know that one because I was the guy in the microphone in high school doing that. Nice job, kid. Grow up a little. <laughs> Holy cow. Sky Moore. And Zadarius, is it Zadarius Tony? Am I, what is it? James Tony. That guy could box. I liked him. Holy cow. Man. So they beat you with a stripper's name. Am I right, Tone? So a stripper beat you in the Super Bowl? Sky Moore? <laughs> That's like a stripper's name. <laughs> I mean, hey, Sky Moore. Sky Moore and what was Trump's chick? <laughs> Are the two tight ends in Kansas City. <laughs> a stripper a stripper beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Sky Moore on table seven. Sky Moore. Yeah, there she is. Running a cross route. <laughs> Look at the legs on Sky Moore as they run by Darius Slay. Sky Moore beat you. Seriously, it's like a stripper's name. Give me a break. Those are the whiteouts in Kansas City. Jesus, good God. Stormy Daniels at the Y and Sky Moore at the Z. Two fabulous strippers in Kansas City play wide receiver. <laughs> Sky Moore at table seven and Juju table nine. No, they fired Juju because Juju was getting too old. She couldn't dance on table nine anymore. She fell off, so they sent her to New England. <laughs> Tone, they like younger strippers in Kansas City. Juju was just getting a little bit too long in the tooth, man. She's not very good. She can't serve drinks, and she's not very good with customers. So they sent her to New England where nobody's good with customers, and everyone's got a shitty attitude. You know, those are them old-school stripper bars. <laughs> All the old strippers go to Bill Belichick now. They don't, Andy Reid likes young strippers now for his guy. Sky Moore and Stormy Daniels are the two wideouts in Kansas City. And Travis, no wonder Travis Kelsey puts a ton of yards up. <laughs> Holy cow, man. So wait, Stormy Daniels and Sky Moore beat you in the Super Bowl? Shit. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know what? It makes more sense now. All right. 
Tanner McKee's not the guy, man. You're gonna have to hang with 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 Mariota. You're just gonna have to, okay? Um, the kid Ellis, okay, Christian Ellis, he's okay. He ain't a starting linebacker, though. I think he's too slow. Okay, to play at will. Maybe you're not gonna put him at Sam. That's where you're rushing from. I don't know, man. I mean. I think I I think you're limited over on that Will side. And to me, Cunningham is the better player than Morrow. And it goes downhill. I think Ellis is okay. I don't think he's I don't think he's great. I think he missed I, I tell you what, I saw him out of position a couple times, and I don't really think he's a great tackler. Okay. I don't. So that's where I would go. All right. Let's take a look at this as we get. I want. I want to start looking at New England here. I keep seeing this one dude say that Lane Johnson's a juicer. Hollywood, how would you know that? I know what a juicer is. They don't take steroids today. Nobody takes steroids. What are you like, some sort of like 1980s gold gym guy who then after he works out with his 22 pounds goes in front of his mirror and flexes? Nobody in pro sports takes steroids anymore. How he has money saved to make another move. I mean, performance-enhancing drugs? Okay. That's not steroids. The NFL has a list of things you can take and not take. That doesn't necessarily mean you're taking performance-enhancing drugs. You could buy something at a GNC and get suspended for it because it's got a ephedrine in it. How would you know anything about anabolic steroids unless you take them yourself? How would you know anything about that? Okay, what is candy? I don't know. There's nothing in the world that I don't know about anabolic steroids. Okay, and growth hormone, nothing. Nothing. And he could have took anything. They don't take steroids today. They take growth hormone, if anything. Human growth hormone is not made for professional athletes. Growth hormone was made for kids with dwarfism and the elderly for atrophy. That's what it was made for, for brittle bones. Professional athletes found that it could strengthen bones and make their tendons stronger. You're not taking it to lift more weight. You're taking it to strengthen your bones for any kind of catastrophic injuries and your recovery from injuries. You're not doing it to be stronger. You're doing it to protect its self-preservation if you do use human growth. Athletes today don't take it to bench 7,000 pounds anymore. It's a preventative 
exercise that some do. By the way, human growth hormone, it's not illegal. You see those wellness, what do you think those wellness centers in Florida are? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Those wellness centers in Florida are all about testosterone use and also um, for the elderly so that you don't break your hip when you fall down. They give you, they give you human growth hormone to strengthen your bones. It's not, unhealth, not unhealthy. They give it to older folks. So when people say that, you're uneducated. You have no idea what you're talking about. Now, Taking Anadrol 50s, taking um, Sustanone, taking Suspension, Winstrel V, shit like that, that's steroid use. Just to, keep, just to give you educated here. Athletes don't take steroids today. It's a 1980s thing. Steroids can be an inhaler. Absolutely. It's not anabolic though, but it is a steroid. Okay. It is a steroid. I hey Brian, by the way, I believe in marijuana use for pain, um, for reducing pain. I'd rather have that than oxycodones given to the players. Oxycodones get you addicted. 
marijuana use, in my opinion, I think they should be giving more to the players' opportunities, maybe more of it in the offseason. But would you rather have a player on oxycodone and Vicodins and those kind of harsh pills that ruin your liver? Or would you rather give a kid a joint so he doesn't hurt his liver and he doesn't hurt his internal organs? Have some common sense here. Most people look at this and go, I'd rather have a player take oxycodones and Vicodins and um, Percocets and Percodans, something that gets regenerated into your system four or five to six to seven to nine times and ruins your liver versus having a guy smoke a joint where he can get to sleep because he's got bad back or he's got bad injuries to his elbows or his joints. Makes no sense. The CBD gummies, I think, are something the league has to look at as well. Okay, Chris is right. I prefer tequila. How you doing? I'm with you. All right. Let's get into this here. What do you think? Hold on here. What was that? I drink to that, Dan. I prefer Guinness. Man, you like that dark beer, man? Shoof. Three of them bad puppies, Chuck, man. I put you on your dookie, man, right? Holy cow. Chuck drinks that Guinness. Holy cow. I mean, it looks... hey. Hey, when you go to the bathroom, right, Chuck? Looks like you're drinking Hennessy. <laughs> hey, how come there's Hennessy in the toilet bowl? Nah, man. My boy Chuck is drinking Guinness. You drink that Guinness, man. After you go to the bathroom, you look down, you're like, man, what's that, Hennessy? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that, that, that brown bear, get it to you, right? Right? Sills is high right now. Nah, man. You know, hey, do I look like somebody that... I probably look like somebody that should be smoking pot, but uh, I'm too much of a maniac. God knows what it would be. <laughs> God knows. All right. What is the oh, – I want to do this. I want I, I want us to look at – then we're going to look at New England here. I want us to look at the strength and weaknesses. Let's start with the strengths of the team. Get a piece of paper here. What's the strength of the Eagles this year, 2023? Strength, weakness. I'm going to put already over on the other side. I got two already weaknesses. What's the strength? D-line's not a strength. D-line's not a strength. You can't say that today. I said as you're entering the 2023 season, that might be for 2024 strength. You don't know that yet. What's the strength offensive line? Quarterback. What else? So you think you're strong at wide receiver. Do you guys think you're strong at wide receiver? With only two. Are you strong at wideout? You got two wideouts. Two exceptional wideouts. So will you take two exceptional wideouts and four dudes? So 
out of six wide receivers, you got two dudes that are exceptional and four dudes. Are you okay with your room? You're not balanced. You're top-heavy in that room. Are you okay with it? Seemed to work last year. You didn't have any injuries, really, at the wide receiver position. So you're probably going into this year going like this. Our room's not very good, but our top two guys are exceptional. I'll say two. Because going into this year, your two wideouts are exceptional. Your third guy's not very good. But they were 2,000-yard guys. Your tight end. Is that a strength? I do think so. Okay? I do think so. O-line, quarterback, wide out, tight end. How about your running back room? You got one guy and five dudes. Got the new name, the San Francisco 40 and 85. You take me down to gutter there. I didn't even edit myself yet. Running back is deep but not exceptional. Chris goes like this. Okay, that's a good. We'll get to that. Chris, I'm all right with that. Running back to being, okay, you're right. I don't think you're strong there running back going into the year either because we don't know. However, what Chris said, the entire offense is a strength. So as a group, yes, your offense is by far the strength. How do you feel about your you – know, we'll do that We'll do that here in a sec. Okay. How about defense? Your defensive line is not a strength. Your pass rushing is. Your run defense is not. Your corners? So here's your strengths on defense. Pass rushing, corners. You see the holes we're talking here. Now, I'm going to go over to the weaknesses of your team. I think your coaching's a weakness. I don't believe that that football team is exceptionally coached. I think Brian Johnson could be. I think Sean Desai could be. Last year, I didn't think shit of your two coordinators. I still don't. I think your offensive coordinator a year ago was Jalen Hurts, not Shane Steichen. What play could he possibly have called in an RPO? It's impossible for an offensive coordinator to call a play in an RPO. How have you not plugged that in? 
All you can do is run an RPO, call the RPO, and the quarterback is either going to keep it, throw it, or run with it. Where did Shane Steichen come into that decision-making process? Constructing the play and the blocking, that's determined by the coordinator. Jalen Hurts is the offensive coordinator. He decides what the play's going to look like. He's either going to run it, throw it, right? Or hand it off. He's got to make those split second decisions. Where is the offensive play calling genius to that? The genius is in the quarterback's hands and decision-making. So the coordinator in Philadelphia is actually irrelevant. It really doesn't matter if Brian Johnson is the offensive coordinator. They don't need one. They need one with Tanner McKee. We saw they needed one with Gardner Minshew last year. Okay, we saw they needed it. And when they needed it, they didn't get it. Running RPOs with a guy who runs a 5-3. They did last year when Minshew took over. How does that make sense? Okay. That coordinator last year made no impact on that thing. Hertz was the guy. That's why you had Sirianni on park benches with megaphones acting like he was a cheerleader. Shane Steichen pretending that he was the offensive coordinator when it was really constructionally built because the quarterback makes the decision. By the way, that kid Anthony Richardson, I see Trey Lance all over it. I don't think that guy's that hot. I don't. I think he's Trey Lance. (laughs) We'll see. So he's going to improve his game from the college game on being accurate. Yeah, that always works out. When he was never accurate, Jalen got better at OU. He got better at Oklahoma. Okay? He completed passes at Oklahoma. He got better at OU. Shane Steichen? Really? And so then you turn around on the defensive side. I'm more I'm more encouraged on the defensive side. There looks like there's some thinking going on over there. Moving guys around, trying guys at different positions, high-breading people. Dude, they're trying to come up with creative ways to be able to use some of that skill set that was lost and use the athleticism. That's what they're trying to do over there. Okay? Saban yelled at him. Yelling at someone, Barb, is not coaching. Nick Saban didn't coach Jalen Hurts. He quit on Jalen Hurts. Because he could. Because he's got three first-round draft choices sitting in the quarterback room. How crazy is that? At one time in that quarterback place, you had you had Jalen Hurts, you had Tug of Viola, you had Mac Jones, and then you had Bryce Young coming up from the rear. Why would he stick with anybody? You don't have to coach anybody there. 
shit, man. Guy's not getting it done. Next guy up at Alabama. They're not coaching anybody there at Alabama. They're giving the next guy the opportunity. You see, at Alabama, this is what happens to you. When you don't play well, you see, in the pros, they got to coach you because they're paying you. At Alabama and in college programs like Georgia and Alabama, if you don't play well, they demote you, move the next guy up, see what you can do. That's not coaching. Okay, that's availability because you've got a great program that you've re- – that's recruiting. You can have four first-rounders stacked at Alabama at any given position. That's not coaching. That's why coaching in the NFL matters. Once you draft a guy like Derek Barnett, you got to pay him, you got to coach his ass. You got to coach him. You got to develop him. In college, it's all about recruiting. It has nothing to do with coaching. Alabama does the best job coaching. No, they don't. They do the best job recruiting. God bless, God bless you, Dan. You and your family. We disagree a lot, but going to be a fun. Absolutely, brother. I love that kind of take from Hollywood. All good, my friend. I love debating people. Hollywood, you're needed on a program like ours. Love every one of you. Quan, JM, everybody. Barb, all you guys. I go back and forth. Who the hell wants to talk to yes men? You know what I'm saying, Brian? Same with you, Brian. Who the hell wants to have a conversation with people that are yes people? Okay? Those are the lamest ass shows. And you know what those shows are? You got the screen caller in a radio show not having the guy come on because he disagrees. I want the guys who disagree with me. I don't want to have a love fest and listen to the same guy from South Philly. Billy from South Philly calling Cilio every day at 7.30 a.m. You know, I used to have a rule. Hey, guys, you want to know something? I had a rule. Tone, you'll like this. This is a different format compared to radio. I used to have a rule. You could call Monday and Friday, but you couldn't call every day. I'm not, t- I'm not looking to have a daily conversation with you. Unless you're exceptional. So I give you, I give you two calls a week to get your thoughts in order. And always it, would, it, would, it worked because everyone had, everyone had their opinion ready to rock. Okay. Seals, my wife's mad at me for flying to the Dallas and Eagle game. Buy her a diamond. <laughs> take her to dinner. Hey. Hey, um, big. Take her to Wawa. Get her a pizza. I hear they got this new pizza in the building. Wawa tried the pizza before. And Tom, maybe you can help me on it. It was horse shit. Supposedly, they got a new pizza at Wawa now. It's not bad, my boys are telling me. So when I get there, I'm going to try it. But I tried it a couple years ago. They made an attempt on the pizza. Things sucked out loud, man. They are not pizza makers. That's not where you get pizza anyway. So someone told me now, though, they've kind of like trying to perfect the pizza at Wawa. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see what they got here. So I'm going to have to check it out. I almost threw my guts up. See, I'm a colony pizza guy. There's a place in Stanford, Connecticut that's right down the hill from me. And I grew up, and even the guy from Barstool, Dave Portnoy, 
He says it's one of the greatest pizza places in the United States. And I grew up on this place called Colony. It's right down on the, down in the cove where I was born. It's where all the Italian guys lived. And so Italians and Greeks and all that. It's right around Clairol. It's right down to the bottom of it. It's, it's, um, it, my, my church is over there, too. St. Mary's is over in that neck of the woods. Mystic Pizza is pretty decent, too. That's a good place up there. <laughs> Dang, cannot snap, cannot diswap. No, I'm not, dude. I, their pizza sucked, though. You got to admit it. Okay, you got to admit it, dude. The pizza sucked the first attempt. I hear the next one. I'm a big pizza guy. I like pizza. Um, Connecticut. Dude, New Haven is like the pizza capital of the world. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Oh, you make Italian squares. Those, that's nice. I like Italian squares. I don't like the Neapolitan uh, pizza that much. But I, pizza squares are good. That's good. But I'm a flat crust guy. Man, dude, Scooter, am I right? I don't know what it is in New Haven. There's not a shitty pizza place in New Haven. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, like New York pizza is good. You go down in, um, like, you, you go down in Manhattan's got some places down there, like three of them. Um, the, Brooklyn's got some really great places down there. Soho, there's a couple places, obviously down there. Uh, the Bronx has some good places there too. There's a bunch of good places over in Staten Island has some good pizza places. Okay, dude, Connecticut though, man, I don't know what it is. Like I said, New Haven. Um. Got fabulous pizza, man. Really great. We need Wawa in South Carolina. Coffee here is crap. <laughs> yeah, I like that thin crust stuff, man. I really do. Hey, let me finish this up here. Hang, hang on here now. So I heard I heard Tone and the guys saying this earlier. They're just going to have to outscore people. Well, this is what's going to happen to the Oh, wait, I'm going to wait because I want to talk the Patriots. And with these weaknesses and strengths, you tell me if my observations, as we get, we're going to do a ton of New England Patriots talk over the next two weeks. It's time. It's time. Okay? Every single Eagle guy right now has every game film for the last five weeks of New England season last year in front of them, common opponents and trends. Everyone's looking right now at New England, at the Novacare Center. Everyone. All right. Man, talking all this food, man. I'm hungry. My boys at Hooters, can't wait to see many of you. I know many of you are going to come to King of Prussia. And crack a cold one with Big Sills as we celebrate the 40th anniversary of Hooters. Been involved with that company for so long. You know what's great about being involved in a company like that? They know I know the brand. I've been involved in the brand. From coast to coast, they have backed me. And now in the Philadelphia area, I have Hooters backing the National Football Show and Dan Cilio. Go to northeasthooters.com. Find one of the seven locations nearest you for you to be able to enjoy yourself this football season. It's the official home of the National Football Show in Big Sales. King of Prussia, we're going to be doing a ton of stuff. Hollywood says free wings, on me, okay? On me. We'll have the iconic Hooter girls 
Hollywood serving you or anyone that comes and sees Big Sills, go to any one of those locations and you can experience the 40-year anniversary with some of the great events that we have each and every single day. Tuesdays, you buy 10 wings, okay? You get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, you get all you can eat. Saturdays, kids eat for free. Six items, six bucks. NortheastHooters.com to find one of the locations nearest you. By the way, if you're doing your fantasy drafts, call ahead, reserve a table. Make sure you get that thing done at any one of the locations. They'll be waiting for you with those iconic Hooter girls. Absolutely the funnest time. And do me a favor. When you go to Hooters, you make sure you tell them Big Sills sent you. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Follow up on one thing, and I want to ask you guys here this question here. It was really cool talking, and Tone was talking to me prior to coming on the air today. He goes, I could tell that interview with you and Angelo meant a lot to you. And I go, it did, because he's one of the people in the business 
that I respect because you know what Angelo did? They tried firing him every year he was on the air, WIP, but they couldn't because of two things that made him relevant, ratings and revenue. You can't fire that guy. And yet they did that to me in Tampa. They did that to me in Tampa for a slip up on the air, but you know why? The Buccaneers called and said, it's either him or us. So they put the weight of the NFL behind my firing in Tampa. That's the truth. That's okay. And he was talking to me and he goes, did you, anybody in Philadelphia ever ask you? I said, are you, no. I go, there was a program director, by the way, back in the day, Andy Bloom, who was the program director at WIP, who contacted me and says, I'd you like to do a show. Didn't you guys have a guy by the name of Josh Ennis? Did you guys have an afternoon guy by the name of Josh Ennis that was on the air at WIP? Does that name sound familiar? Josh Ennis or something like that? Does that sound remotely like uh, familiar? Okay, so they called me when he was still on the air, and I think he was like number one in the afternoon. But I heard everybody at WIP sales hated him. And this is me and Angelo talking because he asked me, did anyone ever call you? I go, Andy Bloom did. They were going to have me replace Josh Ennis. But then the people at Odyssey wanted me in the West Coast. And I didn't want to stay in the West Coast. I was initially, by the way, Niner, I was supposed to be the morning. I was offered a three-year contract at the game. And they came in and X'd that. And they wanted me to do a startup in San Diego in a flip. The only reason I did is because, you know, my aunt, my family didn't want me traveling around. I also was offered Colin Coward. No, no, it wasn't Colin Coward. Who was the guy that was doing a radio show in the midday? And he left for podcasting. I went and auditioned and they were going to give it to me. Um, Trug Keller wanted me to take over. What was that guy's name? He does a podcast now. Um, And they wanted me to take over for him. I can't remember that guy's name. They wanted me to do a podcast. Or no, they wanted me to do take over for his show. And he left. Um. But the, it, it was between Philly, San Francisco, Ryan, that's it, Ryan Rossillo. Thank you, Shooter. It was Ryan Rossillo. I, they had offered me the Ryan Rossillo job, or I could stay in San Diego, or I could go to San Francisco. They X'd the San Francisco deal. They didn't want me going up there. And they said, and I said, okay, I'll do the San Diego. And it was the biggest mistake of my life. I should never have done a flip. I, I I I was I did not move the needle at all. But then again, they couldn't take it because the Padres hated me. And so, but what they did was they kept me on, and then Odyssey was going to move me to Boston. I had a three-year contract on the table, and then uh, the the COVID hit, and I was gonna um, I was gonna take over WEI's morning show, and I would I was offered the morning show in WEI. I was doing shows after I got off the air in San Diego. They um, Odyssey kept me 
and I was doing Monday through Friday at night, WEI. And I was doing it from San Francisco, from San Diego, believe me, believe it or not. And it just fell apart. So then Angelo goes, so nobody from Philly ever called? I go, are you kidding me? You couldn't take a guy like me. Try to change my show overnight. Nobody would watch. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? No, I'm killing people now. Do you know how close I am right now to putting one of your radio stations to sleep in my time slot? Do you know how close I am to putting one of them to sleep? <laughs> hey, I love it. By the way, real quick, I want to do some Jalen Hurts disrespecting here. Not by me. Not by me. I want to do a little Jalen Hurts disrespecting here. Las Vegas odds on the most valuable player for 2023. Mahomes, plus 600. There goes, I'm Lone Wolf McQuaid. Judah goes, Sills, I got to be honest. This is the only show I watch live on YouTube. That is such an honor, Judah. Thank you. Dude, thank you. Look at, see, that's as nice as Quan's ever been to me. See that, man? Do you know what a ringing, hey, you see what Quan just did, Tone? Nice show you have here. Get this. Hang on, Quan. That's as good as an endorsement from Angelo Cataldi. That's as good as an endorsement. Maybe even a better endorsement than Angelo Cataldi gave me yesterday. How are you not in Philly? You're perfect for our city. Even Tone goes, I couldn't believe what I heard. I got the endorsement from the sports radio guy in Philadelphia. And I've only been here two years doing this. And the best guy to ever do it says, how are you not doing a show, a radio show in Philadelphia? You're great. You're perfect for this city. How could you, I mean, right? And now I got Quan giving me kudos. What the hell? <laughs> okay. Crazy. Burrow plus 700. Tied with Josh Allen. Here's the ultimate bang in the head. Justin Herbert with the guys in Vegas has better odds to win the MVP to Jalen Hurts. I didn't say it. These are the guys that put the money bags up. Hey, I got I got to talk to my boy Philly Godfather on this one. All you need to know. He's one from Niner. <laughs> Herbert has better odds to win the most valuable player than Jalen Hurts. Hey, as much as I think he's a good passer, I couldn't even lie to you like that. Hey, 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 Tone, watch my face. Justin Herbert's got he he he's got a better chance this year to win the most valuable player award over Jalen Hurts. Did you buy it? Here, I'll try it again. Justin Herbert 
has a better chance to win the most valuable player award in 2023 over Jalen Hurts. I'm trying to do my best. Hang on. I'm going to do it last time here. I think Herbert could win the most valuable player award instead of Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to lie, but I'm not very <laughs> – Brian, I'm not kidding, man. These are the odds. Mahomes plus 600. Burrow and Allen plus 700. Herbert plus 900. Jalen Hurts plus 1,200. There's people actually out there in Vegas that put the money up that think that Justin Herbert has a better shot at winning the most valuable player award in Jalen. They don't respect this guy nationally. What I've been telling you, they don't respect his ass. Hour number three. We'll reset, get you ready for some ball this weekend. And I got to do this. I want to talk a little New England Patriots. I want to start setting the table for what we're going to have to look at and what they can, their strengths versus the eagle weaknesses. I want to do some of that. Hour number three, Power Hour. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia Dreams. Oh, and go birds. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. I'm working on my mugshot. I want a mugshot. <laughs> can I can I can I get a mug? I want a mugshot, dude. Come on, Tony, I gotta I gotta get a good I gotta get a good mugshot here. See, I'm not selling it. I'm not selling it. <laughs> Toe goes like this, that, that Trump mugshot. Big sales, my guy, how are you? <laughs> Even with our offense being loaded, does the NFC East still worry you to some degree or you can convince us? Convince you, you're, thank you very much. I'm gonna, hey, I'm going to get to all that here. Hang on here. I got you, Ace. Thank you very much, brother. I've seen the mugshot. Seen your mugshot on the wall at the post office. There's only one time I got arrested. I got to tell you, my aunt's probably going to faint when I say this. So, hey, and get this. You're going to find this hilarious, but not really. So I'm at a, I'm at a stoplight with my friend Jim. Jim Colford remembers this, I think. He's probably watching. And I was in high school. And I had the window down like this. And these guys were just so hammered. They're walking by. A guy comes up. And he, and he punches me. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Just ask the Cowboys for help on the mugshot. I get out of the car. I beat the shit out of this guy. I mean, I ruined this guy. I was a senior in high school. It was terrible. So the cops come over, and the guy goes, what the hell? We saw what happened, but you beat the guy beyond senseless. I said, he punched me in the face. Oh, he goes, he goes, no, I saw it. So they take me in, and one guy goes like this. Hey, you brother Bear's kid? I go, yeah. He goes, you're brother Bear's kid, uh, my grandfather. And I go, Yeah. He goes, hang on, I'm going to call him. I go, God, please don't do that. Oh, my God, please don't do that. Ace goes, big sales, mugshot at Hooters. I said, don't call my grandfather, man. So the captain of the police, they, they knew my family. So he calls my grandfather. My grandfather knew everyone, Brother Bear. He goes, Brother Bear, we got your, your kid down here. Let him stay down there. <laughs> Man, when I got home, I got destroyed. Holy shit, my grandmother killed me, man. Man, I never swore in my grandfather's house. And man, I was a train wreck. Holy cow, man. 
You you hang out with those degenerates. Oh, man, it was brutal, man. Like grandfather, kick your ass up and down. This guy used to chase me around the house. He used to have to run under the bed and hide. (laughs) Yeah, man. You don't want Brother Bear on your ass, man. Malcolm Chuck chased me down. My Aunt Betty's husband a couple times. Yeah, man, I was a stupid kid, man. Holy cow. No, man, my grandpa had these hands that looked like Yogi Berra's catcher's mitt. No way, man. He didn't need any of that. Let him stay down. I stayed down there. They came and they got, uh, what's his name out? My grandfather comes down and get, man, I got an earful the whole way. I think my cousin Kevin was with me when they came down and got me. Oh, man. That was terrible. <laughs> because of your takes and your joy. And the joy you bring, I would like to treat you and chow down at the Capitol Grill. My treat. Bear, thank you. Hey, wait a minute, Bear. I may have to pass up on a meal because my, uh, you know, I got to keep my girlish figure intact here a little bit. <laughs> Say, hey, is this a, is this a good one? I'm, I'm thinking of going with this one here because I need a tough guy mugshot. Hey, Tone, is this a good one here? See, Joe Krause asked me for a, um, he asked me for a biopic because, oh, by the way, I can't tell you anymore. I'm not at liberty, but we got some great things happening broadcasting with this show and us and everything. So I can't say any more than that. But they needed like, like um, like a picture and a bio. And I'm thinking this, I need a mugshot. Tone, what do you think? Look. LJ goes, I look constipated. Ah, Maran to me. Bajamagul. He goes, look at him. <laughs> John Smith, you're sick. That's what my wife would say anyway. Don't worry. Hey, Sills, you need a compression shirt. <laughs> Shut up, John. How would you know? Hey, John, when you're 61 years old, that Bajamagul, there you go. I almost named my dog Buffungul. Why so serious? <laughs> Why so serious? I love that character, by the way, Heath Ledger. It's my ultimate villain. I just love the way he was a bad. I loved. That's my favorite badass of all time. Heath Ledger, the Joker, unbelievable. Sills, that. That's that's crazy. Kids these days have no idea from how we were disciplined growing up. That's why the Cowboys keep getting arrested. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey, did you see, though, what Jerry Jones said? Hey, hey, Tone, what's the kid? What's the kid that what, – what's his name, Simmons? What's the kid's name, Simmons? So Jerry Jones was asked the question. He goes, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, well, you know, he's kind of learning a little bit. Last year he was, what, what, what's the kid's name, Tone? Sam Williams, that's it. Sam Williams. Do you hear the response? Sam Williams, thank you, guys. Here's, hey, well, did you hear it last year? Well, last year he was doing 99 in the 40-mile-an-hour zone. At least this year it's 65. <laughs> That's my coach. (laughs) 
he's he's at least trying to be more disciplined. <laughs> I was like, wow. All you need to know about the Cowboys is in that phrase right there in that statement. That's all you need to know about Dallas. Am I wrong? Hey, Tone, is that not all you need to know about the Cowboys? Well, last year he went 99 miles an hour in the 45-mile-an-hour zone. This year he went 65. I think it's progress. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) There's some reason and rationale to the thing, but I think it tells you exactly there's no accountability in the building. Dude, man, if that were me and my coach, hey, here's the difference between Jerry Jones and what he said and Jimmy Johnson. So here, I'll give you guys, hey, Tone, I'll give you guys how we would have had his response rehearsed like a Broadway star. Oh, my God, he repeated it too. Like he was the press secretary at the White House. You had to talk to DOJ. <laughs> hey, we're Thousand Oaks. I got Martune. I got Martune, Kevin Gogan, Carl, I got Crawford Kerr. And who was the DB that played back in the day? Everson Walls. And I'm driving. And we're late getting home. This is Thousand Oaks training camp, Cowboys, Jimmy's first camp. I'm driving, man. I'm, I'm, we come up to a construction site. I step on the, on the brake. We slide through this pit, through this fence. We all got out of the car, man. We're just about a mile away. We started running. <laughs> we left the car. I left the, we left the car there. As far as I'm concerned, Crawford rented it. I didn't care. I'm running for, dude, we're running, man. There's like 10, 10 minutes to get there, man. We got to run a mile and 10. We're running this bitch. I'm running, man. All of a sudden, you see Jimmy Johnson in the front like this. And there's five dudes coming up. And it's 1054. <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking huffing up that hill. He goes, I don't even want to know where you guys were. But you better be in them rooms by 11. <sighs> Dave wants that. Comes in. Dave knows the story. I'm like, oh, you made it. I said, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. He's in the front waiting. You got five minutes to get in that room. Yes, sir. Man, he'd have had us running. We'd have been going up that hill at, um, at uh, that Lutheran College that was there. We would have been running that hill. That guy's not doing any of that, man. Absolutely. Hey, Sills, why is Purdy considered proven? Hertz is not. Not in my eyes. Hey, Swanksky. As far as I'm concerned, comparing Jalen Hurts to Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts is a seasoned NFL pro who's a Hall of Famer compared to Brock Purdy. You don't have that with me, with Brock Purdy. See it again. I want to see it for a season. Wasn't Everson Walls the guy who got posterized by Dwight Clark? Okay, but Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. Quan, yeah. So that sounds like the Cowboys will struggle again 
against elite teams other than the NFC East teams. Abanez, and you mean the Eagles. See, here's what the Eagles will do. The Eagles will play two tough games against the Cowboys, win one of them, but then turn around the next week and beat the Bills. Here's what the Cowboys will do. They'll beat the Eagles in one of those head-to-head matchups, and then they'll turn around and they'll lose to the Cardinals. That's who they are. Because you know why? They can't keep and stay on the gas pedal. They look up and down to their opponents, no matter how talented they are. You know that criticism that I had about the Eagles last year when I said you guys didn't play anybody? Yeah, but you never let off the gas pedal. And you kicked the shit out of everybody. The Cowboys will do this. I'm going to let off the gas pedal one week. Well, dude, you can't let the gas pedal off. Especially against lesser opponents. I'm going to give you guys a great comment that Steve Spurrier told me. Steve Spurrier was asked the question why he runs a score up on people. Why do you think a coach runs a score up on people? Why do do you think certain coaches, they just jam that score in on people? Why do you think they do that? Because they're jerks? Yeah, there's some jerkness to it. But why do you think teams like that? Chris goes because he can. No. No. I'll give you another great example. Okay? Why should I ask my team to pull up and not play hard one week and then play hard the next week? You're teaching inconsistency. I'm going to teach you to score 75 points every week. It's up to those guys. It's up to those guys to stop you, not you to stop you. We're not letting off anything. If they don't want 75 points scored on them, stop them. If not, I'm going to try to score 100 on you. Never let off the gas pedal, no matter what your opponent is. That teaches you to go up and down. It teaches you to be inconsistent. Okay? Hey, I'll give you, here, let me put this out there to you. So we're putting we're putting the wood on Notre Dame. Do you know that I was on the team that beat Notre Dame by the biggest margin in the history of Notre Dame? We beat them 58 to 7. How's that for you, Tone? Notre Dame has been never has never been beaten by more than 51 points. We were running reverses, we were running play action passes, but we had our third team in and they couldn't stop us. We beat the living shit out of them. And that's why convicts and Catholics after that became a thing is because of what we did to Jerry Fouts in his last game. Jimmy Johnson was asked the question, how come you were still running the score up on people? We had our third team in. I went to a Jesuit high school. So I kind of had some, you know, I thought of going to Notre Dame, but I didn't want to go to Notre Dame. And so Jimmy was asked the question, Hey, it's not my responsibility to stop us. That's Notre Dame's responsibility by their players to stop it. We were running reverses, and Eric Parsegian was in the booth, and he was saying this shit. You would think Jimmy Johnson would show some compassion. When I heard that comment, they asked me in the locker room after, 
What did you make of the comment that Eric Parsegian said that you guys should have showed compassion for Notre Dame? I said, well, in the 70s, Notre Dame would come down to Miami and beat our asses 77 to 6. Where was their compassion? Why should I have compassion? I mean, I'm not even sure. You're asking us to lay up because you didn't want Notre Dame to get their faces kicked in? I was like this. Not enough women at Notre Dame. All right, JH1, that's probably true because they had them at St. Mary's. It's true, my recruiting trip, I did say that. Where's where's the girls? Notre Dame doesn't have girls. They're at St. Mary's. <laughs> no chicks, no sills. <laughs> that ain't ha- that, that ain't happening. I'm not. Where's the girls? Well, you don't have girls at Notre Dame. No, they're at St. Mary's across the way. And I'm like, guy goes, "What do you mean?" I go, "You don't have any women at Notre Dame." Eh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no chicks, no sills. It's not working. <laughs> oh, Madon. All right. Hey. <clears throat> Real quick before we get Philly Godfather on with us. I can't wait to throw these stats at him about the uh, MVP here. And the MVP voting. He's going to love it. Um, New England. How many people think New England has a shot to make this game close in week one? Thank you, Chuck. How many people think New England has a shot to make that thing close? Twenty nine goes, I do. You know, I wonder, you know, I hear kind of Tone beating around it. I want to know what he thinks. Does he think that game is going to be close in week one? For sure, it's week one. Hmm. 35-16. 35-27. I like that score. Fourth quarter game. Eagles cannot let them hang around. I completely agree. I completely agree. Okay. 77-6, Dan. No, no, no. Dan don't play on teams that have 77 points scored on them. <laughs> you know, I kicked the shit out of Notre Dame. I don't know, but nobody, nobody beats big sills up. Let me think. Before I get Philly Godfather on. We played Notre Dame twice. How many points did they score? We scored 40 points, and we we shut them out 40 nothing. Then we beat them 58-7. So we scored 98 points in two games against them, and they scored seven. Touchdown Jesus took a knee that day. <laughs> so we're going to start this bad puppy off with a little Jalen Hurts disrespect, and I got to get it from the man who helped sets the lines here. And I, hey, before I go there, that's why hard work is not pushed anymore because of feelings. That's right, Ace. I appreciate it. How you doing, brother? Got back from Vegas. I mean, you know, when you're out in Vegas, you feel like a billionaire. Everything's perfect. The restaurants are del- everything's delicious. 
there's oxygen in all the casinos. You got so much energy. Then you come back home and it's, eh, you know. Philly, we're going to have to try to reconnect. Philly Godfather, we're going to have to try to reconnect. We don't have a very good – let's see if we can fix this tone because um, let's see if we can uh, see if we can get a better connection here because uh, even I can't handle that. <laughs> How about, hey, look at Niner. See this guy all day? He's got to be an Italian, this guy. <laughs> this guy. Jerry Jones, man. This guy hates Philly. Philly, I don't think he – hey, Angelo Cataldi said you're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Angelo said it. He's Philly. He don't think you're going back to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> okay? He don't. Let's see if we're better here. Philly Godfather, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, absolutely. Here we go. All right. I got something for you. Right. You're sitting in Vegas now, okay? Here are the odds for the most valuable player award. Mahomes, plus 600. Burrow, plus 700, tied with Josh Allen, plus 700. Justin Herbert, plus 900. And Hertz comes in. Fifth at plus 1,200. What's the best pick there? The two bets I made this year were Justin Herbert at 10 to 1 and Dak Prescott at 22 to 1. They're the two MVP uh, wagers I placed this season. Okay. So do you think there's national – I'll tell you this. We had Angelo on yesterday. He don't. He's with you. He doesn't think the Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl, and he just doesn't think it. Because he thinks it's almost impossible to make that repeat to get back there again. Tell me why this year there's more optimism this year than there was even last year on making it to the Super Bowl. And they got lesser guys on defense. Yeah, I mean, it's the hype train, right? The public gets behind the team. The media gets behind the team. And everybody in Philadelphia wants to see the Eagles get back to the Super Bowl. But the sad reality is you can't replace – those five stars they lost on the defensive side of the ball that were worth so much. I mean, you look at the tackle production, the sack production, uh, just the overall production of that defensive side of the ball, and everything had to go right for them last year to make it to the Super Bowl and lose, and they had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL last season. This year got a whole lot tougher. Their road schedule is what I always look at, got a lot more difficult. They're definitely not going 7-1 on the road this year, like they went last year, even though they got one more road game on the season. So that's what makes it so difficult. And the teams catch up. I mean, you're looking at Washington in the preseason, and that team's starting to grow on me. You see Sam Howe. You see Eric Bieniemy. What's you know the things he's doing with them. This team was ranked, you know, almost dead last in yards per play last season on the offensive side of the ball. And now they're moving the ball. It seems like <laughs> with fluidity, it seems like a different offense for this Washington Commanders team. So Washington got better. The Cowboys got a lot better. The Giants got better, but their schedule's really tough this season. So everyone's, you know, the Eagles got a target on their back this uh, this upcoming uh, NFL season. How about are you in the camp with Angelo Cataldi that he thinks Nick Sirianni's a cheerleader? I mean, I'm I mean, not. He, he he thinks he's so overrated as a coach. Yeah, I said all the time you can't argue with winning. I mean, he's winning. So unless he has a disastrous season this year. Uh, I'm not going to change my uh, opinion he on him. It's Howie. Well, Howie's amazing. I mean, Howie built some great teams, but at the same time, you know, these guys got to play for you. 
And you still got a coach. Let's be honest. The NFL is one of the leagues where, you know, you definitely need great coaches. If you lose a defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator, we watch the following season, how different their teams perform. So coaching is very big in the NFL, the NBA, maybe not so much. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. One of my favorite things to do with you each and every single week is um, talk to you about some of the great prop bets that are being thrown around now as we get ready. And this is your business here. So let's go here. Lamar Jackson, over 750 yards rushing. It's minus 115. Where are you going with that? Uh, they're supposed to pass the ball a lot more this season. And he's a great runner. When he turns the corner, I mean, he's almost unstoppable in the regular season. But I think he'll go back to his tendencies when, you know, when he gets pressured. Um, it's hard to go under. Uh, if anything, I would have to go over. So you think he I, – I do too. I, I think that number 750 is a little too low here. Um, Aaron Rodgers, nine and a half interceptions this year with the Jets over under. Oof. That offensive line is weak. And anytime you got a weak offensive line, those boys are coming and they're coming hard. Um, new offensive system is going to take a, at least five, six weeks for Aaron Rodgers. playing tomorrow night because they haven't really liked what you're talking about seeing in the O line. Yeah. I, I would say over. Over, I think over too, believe it or not. Bijan Robinson, the rookie running back for Atlanta, over under 1,100 yards rushing. Under. I you, don't think, you don't think he, you don't, you don't think he puts up a big year down there. He's looked great. Yeah, he's looked great. Um, that that offensive line's kind of you need a strong offensive line to go over a thousand yards, no matter how good of a running back you are, unless you're Barry Sanders or Adrian Peterson when he was tearing up the league that one year. I would say under. That's a lot of yards. Eleven hundred yards seems like a lot. It sure does for a rookie. Jordan Love, Green Bay, over under twelve point five interceptions, twelve and a half interceptions. You know what? I got to tell you before you answer. I've actually been somewhat in. He <laughs> hasn't looked awful, and even in that game that that substitute Roley had against the Eagles last year, he threw that strike down the field. I mean. I'm not as I'm not as down on him as I was going into training camp. I don't know. I mean, 12 and a half interceptions um, over under for him. I think they're going to have a more conservative game plan for him throughout the season. Uh, a lot of dink and dunk passes, uh, nothing too far down the field. I, th I would say under 12 and a half. Do you do anything on fantasy points? No, I don't play fantasy football. The wagers I put in there are real. Even though, like, my kids enjoy it, everyone I know enjoys it, and they try to get me in these leagues every year, I'm just so it. much. It's so hard for me to. I don't get it. I, I, I try to. I, I don't know. I'm sitting around, sitting around a circle jerk with ten dudes talking about guys' numbers. It's not gonna. Move the needle for big sales. I mean, listen, I always tell people, if you're going to go to a bar of five guys, make sure there's five chicks with you because five dudes with big sales at a bar talking fantasy football, that's not going to work for me. And I don't think Philly Godfather. <laughs> I always tell them, bring back up. You better bring back up. <laughs> you better have five chicks with you too here. How about this? Who has, okay, who has better numbers, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? Man, that's a tough one. I don't think AJ can repeat last year's performance, and I think Smith gets a little bit better. It's going to be right there. Uh, if anything, 
I favor Smith a little bit. Me too. I'm yeah. with you. Joe Burrow, over under 4,425 yards passing. Man, he's so good. He's he's my favorite quarterback in the entire league. I mean, it's him and Mahomes, the two best. Joe's done it with some of the worst offensive lines in football. Um, I think the rest of the division got a lot better, and I would say under. I got to throw another Angelo line at you. I asked Angelo the same thing I asked you. He, I go, do you think if uh, Doug Peterson's the head coach of the Eagles in the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl? He goes, absolutely. <laughs> do you think that too? I think I think so. I mean, he's a better coach than Sirianni. I don't want to try to clown on Sirianni because he's done, you know, whether it's been luck or, you know, the moon's aligned the right way while he's been coached, he's done a good job. Uh, but Doug Peterson is just, just just a lot better than him. He, he, he also said that if um, Carson Wentz had not been hurt, there's not a chance in the world that the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl in 17 because he doesn't think that guy had any intestinal fortitude to take and do the right thing. He think it took a guy like Foles to finish that thing off. You think that's true or, or not? You, you Do you think if Wentz had stayed healthy, he could have carried the Eagles to the Super Bowl? He was – he was killing it when he got hurt. He only had two losses on the ledger. I think he was 13 and two, something like that. Right. 12 and two. I mean, he was playing great ball. I, I don't really agree with that because that season once was before he got hurt, he was confident. I mean, some of the, some of the plays out the backfield, he was avoiding pass rushes. He was throwing, you know, strikes on a laser on a rope. He was confident that year. I think he lost his confidence after he got hurt. And after he got banged up with the knee and with the back, and then he starts second-guessing himself. And he had those defensive line. They were hesitant because he could take off with the ball. He can beat you with his arm both ways. So he was a dual threat back then. People, you know, seem to forget a little bit. Uh, not as not as much as Jalen Hurts, but he was pretty good running the ball. So, um, I mean, Nicky, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's pretty uh, It's pretty close. It's pretty close. I, I, you know what? Rookie quarterback. In the Super Bowl, maybe uh, Angelo's right. Maybe. Jonathan Taylor, will he start the season a Colt or a Dolphin? Mm. Dolphins. I heard. I heard Philly's going after him hard. That's I, the rumor. I just read an article, and they need to go after him because no one on this team has rushed for more than seven hundred yards on a single season. So they need they need a solid running back. Now you don't want to give up all that money. Um, but if I had to take a guess, I'd say the Dolphins. Here, here's what the uh, deal on the table, the first initial deal on the table with the Dolphins, when it, when uh, supposedly they offered to Chris Ballard, the GM in Indy, it was a second rounder and a fifth that they offered. And I think that, you know, he wants to play in Miami, Jonathan Taylor, but it's AFC. And I think the Colts are thinking they're going to get a first rounder back. I'm telling you, Godfather, I think that Jim Mercer is still ass-rubbed wrong way because of that Wentz first-round draft choice that they lost out on that they didn't get because of what happened. Um, to me, you know, I mean, uh, he, you, you, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, you got to think. Would I, pay, would I pay $10 million next year for him and giving up a two and a five to have one of the top two 
running backs in the NFL. Like, would you do this? Would you give up the last pick in the second round and the last pick in the fifth round if you're Super Bowl winners and you think you're Super Bowl winners? Wouldn't you give the last pick in the second, the last pick in the fifth, and and have a $10 million deal for a running back that, I mean, you think 10's a lot? In today's NFL, is that a lot of money? Shit, number two wide receivers today make $14 million. Yeah, the running backs ain't getting paid like they used to, though. And I, I heard the Eagles were going to give up a two and uh, gain well for a form. So I would do that. Shit, you I, would, have well. I would do that. I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, you know, the money, I mean, they pick him up. He, they, they can hold on to those leads late in the fourth quarter when teams were coming back on him. Like the chief, I would do Gainwell and a second round pick for him. You kidding me, man? Gainwell will be working at the Bellagio where you are as a guy that picks up bags and takes him to rooms. Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> Dallas Goddard over under six hundred seventy five yards receiving. Man, I say, oh, it's right there. I say over. If he can stay healthy, he'll go over. You think he's one of the top five guys in the league at his position? He's close. It's close. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, now he's on a team with a bunch of weapons. So, you know, but yeah, he's top five, top seven in the league. What is the toughest bet this year that you've seen so far that you're kind of like not sure either way? I mean, just something that's out there where. You know, I mean, it's easy to say the Chiefs, but it's also I see why people would go, I'm going to bet all the money on the planet that these guys ain't getting back to the AFC title game, let alone the Super Bowl. And I'm going the other way on that. Is, is that the is that like the top bet betting against KC? No, the public loves Kansas City. They oh. bet them blindly. They bet them blindly every week. They bet them blindly to win the AFC Conference, to win their division, to win the – and you can't blame them. They've won them a ton of money. I mean, let's be honest. They're, they're, they're kind of like the Patriots were with Tom Brady. You just bet them blindly, and no matter what the metrics told you, no matter whether they were overpricing the market or not, you can't really quantify greatness. When when you got guys as great as Mahomes and Tom Brady, I mean, you invest in greatness, and that's what brings you back money. For me, the hardest bet I had to make this season was who was going to win the AFC Conference – and what team out of the AFC I had going to the Super Bowl. And I actually placed it while I was out in Vegas. Uh, I took the Cleveland Browns at 40 to 1. Wow. I put, three, I put three dimes on them. It wasn't a big wager for me. Now, it might sound like a lot for other people, but you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, it's one of my smaller future bets. But at 40 to 1, if Deshaun Watson can get back to 90% of what Deshaun Watson was, that team's extremely dangerous, and I think they got a shot to go deep in the playoffs. And then maybe we hedge our money. The ticket comes back; it pays back like a buck twenty. So there's a lot of wiggle room for hedging that bet. Let me tell you something, man. The greatest, the greatest evaluators and the greatest analysts in sports are the people that put the money up, not the people who put opinion up. <laughs> the opinion costs your face. <laughs> what you do costs me rent. <laughs> <laughs> you got to win more than you lose. And I'm not going to place that wager unless I know I'm heavily invested in research and I've looked at every angle and I've looked at every injury and I've looked at every team, every division, every nook and cranny with a fine tooth comb. 
And once I feel comfortable with that price and I think there's an opportunity to make money with that wager, they don't necessarily have to win the Super Bowl for me to make money on that bet, yeah. as you know. Um, and that's when I'm going to put my hard-earned money down. I'm not just going to wake up on Sunday and be like, I like the Browns, I'm betting them. That's not how this business works. This is a business. This is a market like the stock market, like any other market. And unless you've done your research, you're not going to come ahead and you're not going to beat the market. You're not going to make any money. Holy shit. I mean, I got my Series 7 back in the day. So that means I'd have to do all the shit that I did for one shitty stock, like waste management. <laughs> I have to go in there and do all the like the research and the curve bell, what the guy thing has done the last four quarters. And holy madame to me. That's just for one one stock, you got to do like 2,000 hours of like studying on. So, all right, I haven't asked you this yet. How many wins do you think this Eagle team has this year? If they stay healthy, I'd say they got 11 wins in them. I think they're 11 and six. I think so. I think they're and red. Then, they're I, red you, you know what? If 11 and six, because of who they're playing, where they're playing, you know, the division they're in, all of that. I mean, I think – look, I, I I make this – hey, are the Saints a play this year? They got the easiest schedule in the NFL. Uh, I'd say they're a 12-win team. I don't know about 12, but they can definitely win 10-11 games. They can win that division. Uh, they got their quarterback. They got a great defense. You know, the coach – I'm not, he's a defensive coach. I, I usually like offensive-minded coaches with great quarterbacks. They usually do better. But he's defensively, he's a great coach. So, yeah, they can win that division. 10-11 wins is a real possibility. How about the Cowboys wins? Um, <laughs> I got to win 13 games. <laughs> I think we're going to end it there. <laughs> actually, I actually just bet him. I just bet him over 11 and a half wins plus 230. So you get uh, 2.3 times your money back. On a $100 bet, you win back 230 if they go over 11 and a half wins. So I thought that was a good bet as well. Their season win total was set at nine and a half. I already buried that. I got a ton of money on the over on that. How many wins for the Bills? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, that, division a year ago. That, 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 that division got a lot tougher. Um, it sure did. Yeah. I think they're an 11-win team. They got the same odds as uh, – Basically, the Eagles will win the Super Bowl. I think they're both plus 800. They're, they're very similar, uh, even though they're, they're different. But, yeah, I think 11 wins. What do you think the Bengals? I think they could regress a little bit. I would. Uh, well, their season one total was set at 11 and a half, I think it was. I think they go under 11 and a half. Any surprises for you that you think will just come from nowhere? And like the Jags, what do you think, of the, what do you think the Jags do this year? I mean, they're not, yeah, they're not a sleeper anymore. They're minus 150 to win their division. Their division's real weak. You saw how well they played the Chiefs last year in the playoffs. Their, their schedule got a little tougher, but Dougie P and Lawrence, I think they're going to have a big season. They picked up that kid uh, from Atlanta who got suspended for the year for a couple parlay tickets. Yeah, um, yeah Ridley. Yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> they're going to be crisp. They're going to be tough to beat. Uh, probably 11 wins for that team, too. 10, 11 wins for the Jags. They're, they're going to be good. They're going to be really good. You know, well, I found I, three guys this week. That everyone gives a ton of shit to you, Angelo, and me. It it, 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 it was a perfect melting pot. Two Italians and a Greek. I, I feel like I'm sitting at my dinner table. Sounds like a joke. It sounds like a joke. Two Italians and a Greek walking a bar. What happens? Hey, Billy Godfather. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, Dan.
You bet. We'll catch you next week there. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. the greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles I think I'm settling in on this uh, mugshot for Joe Krause. What do you think, Tom? Am I selling it? I need a really good mug shot. Oh, yeah, I like the eyebrow up. Glasses off. Let me try it. Oh, that's better. <laughs> More De Niro? Yeah, I could do a De Niro mug shot. 
right? I got to come up with my good Trump look. You look like a wise guy. A-K-E-E-E. Tone? How dare you be so racist? He said I looked like a wise guy. Why? Because I was a ta- I'm Italian? Oh, I'm so offended. I'm offended, Tone. Who look constipated? I do. Hey, you look like a wise guy. Oh, I see. Would you say that to a an Irishman? Huh? You wouldn't say that to an Irish. You'd say it only to an Italian guy. Sounds <laughs> like this. He goes like this. Hey, you look like a wise guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. My God. Who's already lying? That fat guy that used to be on the Trump show or uh, the uh, Stern show? Sill's father. <laughs> Sill's father. Hey, real quick here. As we get ready and go in, look, last night that thing was an abomination. Nobody, the Eagles say, Tone was saying it earlier on the Sports Take show. That um, dude, they were looking for two dudes last night, and they were hoping to give the job to Trey Sermon. And get this, tell me if you disagree with this. Tone, maybe you. I think they were thinking of this: if Trey Sermon shows enough, they'll they'll cut Rashad Penny. They'll cut Rashad Penny. Gave him two games to take Penny's roster spot. Okay, and they're gonna go with Penny. They wanted him to take Rashad Penny's roster spot. And he couldn't do it. What do you have, 11 carries and 12 yards at one time in that thing? Yeah, they wanted the reason. That's right. They wanted to have a reason to cut Rashad Penny. And Trey Sermon gave them every reason not to cut him. Um, so, and, and, and get this, it sucks. It does. Trust me. Nobody likes getting this. Hey, big fella, bring your playbook. It's terrible. Nobody likes that shit. Nobody, it's, and you feel for him, you know? Personally, what I hope happens for Trey Sermon, this is the best situation for him, is that he gets put on the practice squad and someone signs him. And then he gets an opportunity to play somewhere else and maybe fits into someplace else. Okay? But they kept him on the roster last year. They showed you they liked him. They gave him a game and a half to take Penny's roster spot. And he couldn't do it. It's it's not. And by the way, I want you to get this. And I get it, Ronald. It's not that I'm not a Penny fan. I'm actually, hey, how about this? I am actually a Rashad Penny fan. I covered the guy. Okay? Rocky Long used to speak so highly of him when he played for Rocky at San Diego State. I like Rashad Penny. He's a good dude. But he's just never been reliable. And I don't mean that character-wise. I just mean that physically. He's just never been reliable. That's all that is. Nothing personal there with that. 
I would say this to you as we get ready. Next week, we'll go more knee deep into it. But here's what I want you to think about when it comes to New England and preparing for that week. Know this. Start with this. There's two things you start with. Who's got the better roster? Eagles. Not close. As of 53, not close. On the other hand, who's got the better coaches? New England. That kind of narrows it a little. Where this, they're going to take advantage of any kind of weakness Philly has. Okay? And Philly, are you sure your coaches are going to take full advantage of all the weaknesses that New England has? You have not had a very well-coached team the last two years in games you've needed. You got lucky because of a player knocking out a quarterback in the NFC title game. That's a player. That's nothing to do with coaching. Or maybe Kyle Shanahan. But in games you had to have against elite teams, you've been beaten. They're going to close the gap on you. New England's going to run the ball at you. And if you can't stop that run, that makes it... New England is going to try to make this thing the ugliest game that you've ever seen, worse than last night. They want that thing to look so awful. Fumbles, three and outs. Dude, the greatest thing ever happened in New England is if the Eagles have three three and outs in the first half. That'll keep the game close. See, New England wants to be no more than 10 down. If you're 10 down, you're in it. You're still in it going into the third and the start of the third. You can't be like this because they, they can't throw themselves out of trouble. If they're down 21-17, I mean, if they're down 21-3 and it's halftime, that game's over. That game's over. But if it's something like 17-10 and it's halftime, that's a New England Patriot football game. Now, 31-17, Twiz, that could be a closer ball game early, and then in the fourth quarter you pull away. Okay? You pull away and you, you put them away. But this team hasn't shown the propensity to put teams away. So they may be able to pull away, but you have not in two years – with that coaching staff, shown me that you could put teams away. You don't. You allow teams back in. Your talent will prevail. In games that have mattered, it hasn't. You're owing two versus the those those. You're owing two versus the Chiefs with lesser people. Okay. Sky Moore, some some stripper named wide receivers in there now. Okay. Hey, hey, maniac. How about that? Andy Reid's got Andy Reid's got two pre- people playing wide receiver in Kansas City, named after strippers. Sky Moore and Stormy Daniels. <laughs> I mean, this guy's this guy's amazing. They're gonna want to make that game close. Got to stop the run. Kadarius Tony, the Eagle Killer. <laughs> Who? 
<laughs> okay, Forte. Okay, see, I opened the rabbit hole. Not good. The Pats have sucked, but the coaching is still out, outperforming the talent. Besides Fat Patricia. <laughs> Fat Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. I got to Hey, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Holmes. Wait a minute, Scooter. Am I Fat Patricia now? This is what I'm going to be for Halloween. Fat Patricia. Way to go, Scooter. Who's Cilio for Halloween? Fat Patricia. <laughs> you need a pencil, idiot. I, okay, you're right. I need a pencil. Uh, sorry, I don't have my number two with me. <laughs> <clears throat> I got to take a number two, but we're good. Hey, anyway, Xander, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Big Joe, I hope I did the mugshot for you, man. You know, Tone's not really a big fan of my my mugshots. You know, the Trump mugshot, by the way, is hilarious. I mean, seriously, I thought it was like photoshopped. I I couldn't. I go, is that really? The, is that really Trump? I thought he was on the toilet. I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Hey, thank you guys so much. Tone, great week for you, man. You absolutely killed it. Chuck, thank you very much. Thanks to all of you, man. God bless every single one of you. I will see you Monday, 3 to 6, and we shall see you on the flip side. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.